Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. But not tonight. This episode is going to be a special bonus episode where we're just going to be talking Pioneer. This Week in Pioneer, not just with me, but we got Anthony over here. Hello, hello. And we got the one and only, the special guest, Jay of At MTG Drip. Hello. He's back again. He, he comes on and he loves to talk Pioneer, so we want to give a whole episode dedicated to this uh, instead of just like trying to squeeze it into a normal episode. So we're just going to extrapolate a whole Pioneer kind of current meta breakdown, thoughts of decks, and just kind of like piece things together, understand what is happening in the Pioneer meta, talk about new decks that might be coming out at the end, and then we're going to answer some questions. Well, Jay is going to answer some questions that community members put in to to to, to ask. So, to, 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 to ask? To ask. To ask. To ask. Oh, God. So, before we start, Jay, introduce yourself to all the new listeners who do not know who you are, what you do, and where they can find you. I'm MTG Drip on Twitter. And on multiple other social platforms, I post very good-looking cards. And if you have any questions about Pioneer, just DM me. And also, if you if you at me on Twitter, I will approve your drip instantly. Oh yeah, yeah. His his drip approvals are always needed when you get some fancy cards. Oh, you uh, your recent drip post that you made. You got some uh, Japanese um, card companies. There we go. And that looks so good. Nice. Yeah. Jay just keeps getting all that shit, and it just looks so beautiful. Let me take around that. And of course, we're going to be having his stuff linked below. Jay, you still got that playmat, right? Which one? You got another one now? No. Oh, okay. Are you, are you, are you talking about the one from Inked Gaming? Yeah, the Inked Gaming playmat. Yes. Okay, we'll make sure to link down below to that, but Jay has an awesome uh, mat from Inked Gaming with his with his uh, logo on there. That looks very good. It's blue. You've seen that. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had our... Uh, our uh, Warhammer yep, Commander episode that we did. Yeah, I was I was repping you, Jay. We we did a, a Commander video gameplay, and I was using your play mat for that. Sweet. It's one of my favorites. It's just like the best blue, and I'm a blue player, so I like that shit. It makes sense. So uh, let's jump into what we're going to be doing here and just talk, pi- talk Pioneer. We're going to start off by talking Pioneer meta share and decks from that and then as we're talking about decks we're gonna follow jay and see where he wants to like pick on what deck to like kind of dive a little deeper into and go from there and then it's just it's just gonna be a full free ride of pioneer talk for this episode oh yeah it's it's no hands holding it's loose we're just gonna be driving the wheel's gonna take us wherever it takes us jay take the wheel i mean we might have some wheels falling off and we're still skidding down that hill no matter we're going to go. As long as we got an oh shit handle, I think we're going to be fine. Well, that's yeah, that's what they got them for, so that's what we'll be using. Okay. <laughs> so uh, currently, what we got for the Pioneer meta, it looks like Rakdos mid-range, to the surprise of anybody, is holding a 17.9 meta share, according to MTG Goldfish. Uh, I do want to say I know MTG Goldfish kind of has some numbers that get skewed in some ways, like deck names and stuff. So yeah. that kind of like shifts things. So numbers, grain of salt, but 
it is pretty it's pretty accurate yeah pretty re- resemblant what you see on deck lists that get posted on like mtg top eight or on goldfish and stuff as well like everyone's talking about rakdos midrange so that's the top meta share deck in events in the last 30 days and then after that you got nykthos ramp which is just mono green devotion holding a 12.8 percent meta share Gruel Midrange, which is the Gruel Vehicles, as everyone knows. Gruel Boat, I think, is another name people like to call it. That yeah, has Gruel uh, Boat, Sky- or it's uh, um, Gruel Cars. I mean, there's been a couple <laughs> names. I, I can't remember. There's a name that uh, that Wade told me about before like they went to, uh, what was it Atlanta. called? Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta Dream. for DreamHack. And there was some other name they had for it, too, and I started laughing. I was like, I love it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea. Like, let's do it. Why don't they call it Hot Wheels? I don't know. I think Probably, would maybe because branding purposes. Oh. I don't know. What about Cheerios? People called the deck Cheerios, and that's a brand. Yeah, General Mills doesn't care about magic, though. Does Hot Wheels care about magic? Is, I think is Hot Wheels a magic. Th- I thought no, Hot Wheels is owned by. No, they're uh, Matt and, uh, Mattel. Mattel. They're, they're they're Barbie and stuff. Yes, but. They're like Hasbro, though. They probably have their fingers on things. If something starts getting popular, they'll probably take it away from someone. Fair. Maybe. I don't know. But I like the idea of Hot Wheels, yeah. <clears throat> Next up in the meta share, we have Hidden Strings, which is the uh, Lotus this Field. Is, yeah, Lotus Field combo deck. Yep. Which they're trying to secretively make it not Lotus Field by naming it that. I don't know why they call it Hidden Strings. Like, it's I think more... it's, just, it's just the popularity of that card. Okay. I mean, I personally... I I mean I know I don't know what Jay's opinion on that would be though but I think I would prefer it just be called Lotus Combo. I like that better because that's the marquee card of the deck, not so much the strings as being the key thing. Yeah, because you got Vizier of the Tumbling Sands. It's like the other ones. You know, you have other things, things, but I like I said, maybe it's just a they're trying to sneak it in so people don't know what it is right off the bat. Instead, I mean that was a big thing back in the day before. Like, wait a minute, when did you and Danny start playing Magic? This got me thinking this weekend with all the asking these questions and stuff, too, that I had for us, our group chat and things of like that. So I first started playing when Dark Ascension came out. Mir- uh, Mirrored and Besieged was just finishing, okay. and Dark Ascension was the first one. That- no, 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 no. Because it was Innistrad, Mir- Dark Ascension, then Avacyn Restored. Restored, yeah. Okay, so it was during that set. So Dark Ascension is when I first officially started playing a little and that bit. that was... Uh, 2011. 2011, okay. Yep. So you and Dan, them, your guys are Dan, approaching a decade, a little Dan, over a decade. Danny's a right? little, Danny's a little behind because he didn't start playing until Ravnica came out the following sets. Oh, Return to Ravnica. Yeah, so, okay, we, so you both are in the same realm of like a decade's time versus yes. Garrett, who's encroaching the fifteen mark, and then of course I'm just gone to the wind. Yes, I'm old. The twenty plus. Once you hit the twenty plus bracket, nobody cares anymore. How long you've been playing? Yeah, Jay, <laughs> did we did we ever ask how long you've been playing? Were you an Ice Age player? Did you start playing in Ice Age? If I'm no, I'll start playing doing. Uh, I want to say at least Dark Ascension RTR. Oh, okay. So you're so in he's, around, time. he's around your guys' time then. Nice. <laughs> we're, That's we're, good. We're no one same, has to remember the same, horrors of the past. <laughs> same graduating class. High five. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was gonna say like the with the name stuff then because like we're talking about like age and everything like so name stuff was a huge thing back before. Um, before Magic blew up with YouTube and like all the websites that talk about Magic stuff, because like back in the day, of course, too, like when I was in college to a high school uh, age, there, um, it just started becoming the thing where MTC Salvation was the hotness, and that was where like you know the deck building stuff came in. So like that 
was one of the, like the steps but like before that point like no one knew what a deck really was so like there were people that were designing decks and then they were naming them something a little bit different like hidden strings you know like they take something from a different deck um the problem is i don't remember a lot of the decks that they did that with because it's been too long <laughs> but that was a thing like i said where someone would roll in and call it something like good uh, example of something that s- still kind of has lo- uh, new names is ponza like yeah, Ponza. Ponza is still deck. a thing, and Ponza is always basic land destruction slash you know land advantage kind of setup. And it's in like a name of a Quizno sub. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then like uh, I, the one that just comes to mind all the time is uh, um, there was one that was called Daga for a long time, way oh. way back where it was before Mardu ever was a real thing. Where that was one that had multiple names because people couldn't decide on something. Yep. But it was, you know, red, black, and white, just straight mythics. But because it came from the original um, creature stuff that was the the Volvers, there was one that was a mono white with a black and a red kicker ability, and the name was Daga Volver. So, like, there was Daga, and then it transitioned over into uh, mythic, just straight mythic all the time. And I was laughing about that all the time because, like, people, you'd walk, people walk in and be like, What's a mythic deck? And I was like, um, yeah, that was like, don't worry about that before your time. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> just just don't worry about that. But like, yeah, name things. But I, I will say though, there has been if you do go through not the popularized listing of decks anywhere inside of uh, Goldfish, and if you just take a stroll down user submitted decks, you can find some pretty interesting names that you just let go. Oh. Okay, that's cool. And then I think to myself, I see some of them like, "How do you get this one to become more popular?" It's well, it's a lot cooler. I like this one better than just Gruel Mid Range. Right. It's it, it. It makes me think of uh, cards, like how we we talked about this on the other episode uh, of where you know community members name a certain card after a certain thing. Like the one that I'm still hyped on is Panharmamicon. Oh for, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And stuff yeah. Like that. Like, <laughs> that needs to get upvoted to the top. Let more people call it that. Don't worry, for Commander, that'll become a thing. Beautiful. Well, you're playing Panharmonicon. Yep. <laughs> and you're oh. perfectly fine with getting spit on by Panharmonicon. Yeah, that's fine. Well, then. All right, then. I was glad you quickly. <laughs> like I said, no hold bars. <laughs> the wheels, I think, fell off the truck already. We're going to just roll on down. We don't have Danny here. <laughs> visit us. That's right. We, Matt, can finally be who we want to be without Garrett and Danny here. We're going to be in trouble. Jay, buckle up. All right, let's let's continue back to the deck. Sorry about that, Jay. That was a little offshoot tangent, but so yeah, we have hidden <laughs> strings. Uh, we have. Uh, did you say the percentage for that one yet, Matt? Uh, hidden strings is seven point six percent of the meta share from the last thirty days here. Yep. Uh, our next one we have is Zorius Control. You know the common control deck, like usual. It's sitting at about a seven point one percent rating of being played in the last thirty days. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much difference to say about that one. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, going on the next, you have the Mono White Humans one, which uh, also, like we talked about in a couple episodes back too, that our one of our friends we know, Slade, he won. He won the, Dreamhack Atlanta. He, he won the, yep, the, the day. It was the 5K? The 5K second day event yep. for your winning in type thing. Um, mm-hmm. He was piloting a Mono White Humans deck from one of our other buddies that plays at J-Dubs. And right now, too, it's sitting at a 6.5% rating for the meta, which, I mean, it's a strong deck. It's solid. I, I like I said, I've been looking through a lot of these different decks. Um, so it's really good. The one I think it's really cool is the one we're going to talk about next here on the list, which is our Selesnya Angels. 
That's wild to that, see. Oh, I've been following some of this since uh, since one of the episodes of a different uh, podcast I was listening to talk about this deck, and I was just like, oh, my God. First off, I was like, why is Garrett not playing this? Second off, I was thinking to myself, this is a cool build. Maybe this could be the first deck that we kind of break off into because this one, when it first when it first started getting constructed uh, after, uh, like it started getting made with when Youthful Valkyrie was put out in Kelheim, yeah. but then it kind of got like really tied together when Jihada came out in Streets of New Capenna yep. as a way to just kind of like bulk, bulk up um, your, your your angels and stuff. And then what was the most recent thing that got banned in Pioneer? I don't even remember that part. Jay, should you remember that right? What is the most Ooh. recent thing? Expressive. Expressive, Expressive iteration, I when think. Exp- yeah, 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 yeah. That that would be probably, because that was one thing I was looking back on some of the stuff, too, and that was where, um, not right away this broke out, but, like, the fact that you took a, a marquee piece from more of the stronger decks out of the play, that you slowly see this actually creeping up from it's behind. A, it's like, it's just, it's strong. It's, it's just an very evasive strong. beater deck, and a lot of decks have a hard time dealing with a five five seven seven angel come into the noggin yeah no and it's fine i mean you have the invasion you have you have the simplest version of evasion ever made which is just fly over so i mean it works the life gain in the deck is insane yeah you could just like not block take hits for days be like I'm like this winning, deck winning to this me race. to me this deck reminds me of very old standard with uh concentric here with the manifest issue that we had Ooh. where those battling Ooh. mirror matches would get up to like a hundred and some life points and it's like for the love of god someone please just win <laughs> i'm tired of watching and maybe but, this is where New Veroska can come in, just close out these stupid life game decks. We'll I know, get, but we'll get to I'll, that later. We'll in get episode. to that. We'll get to that. But you know, people hate the the stuff that we love, of course. But <laughs> no, that's I, at, I, six point five percent meta share. Yeah, I think and that's great, though. I think this is something that I would love to see this be one of the pioneer decks that actually moves itself up farther on the ranking. Um, like I said, I like the build. It's simple. People can enjoy it very easily, and it's not something like. It's not something crazily hard to understand, I think, which is really enjoyable about the deck, too. So, like, anyone could pick it up and be like, oh, I want to pilot this for fun. Go play it at your local Pioneer Evan and go for it. I think the most complicated thing about the Selesnia Angels deck is probably when you're going to want to cast that collected company. Uh, yes. I think that's a, the, the, the timing most... restrictions are huge always. But that's, I mean, that's with anything, though, for a lot of decks. Oh. Like, timing restrictions are always a big problem. I, I, I really want to get into this deck at some point because that new, uh, that new collected company that came out. Uh, Kayla bin uh, Kayla's whatever. Oh, that, the white the, one. Yeah, the new collected company, the Sorcerer's yeah. Speed collected company, kind of a thing. I don't know. I think some decks are running that as well as like copies yes, five, five, five through eight, whatever amount yep. for a collected company. Just a just an extra something. Yeah, and it's just good. To push over the edge. I mean, it gets there. Yeah, is there way? Is there a, way to put a, board presence on? Because well, also it creates an end game piece that you can utilize versus where matches get drowned. Out, like you don't like. I mean, Pioneer suffers the same issue uh, Modern has, where it's like your end game. Um, if you hit the end game, you need something to go over the top against your opponent always. So mm-hmm. that's a piece that's very helpful for doing that. You know, I mean, just modern doesn't have end game anymore much because modern now is stuck in the realm of you know free elementals, bitch. Well, three turn three, uh, are you gonna win this or not? That's how it's gonna be. Turns uh, five through seven don't matter anymore because you're probably gonna lose. So I mean, but yeah, I think I like I, said, I love this deck. I really do a lot. I love this a lot and. I think we to get Garrett to play more Pioneer because like I want to start playing more Pioneer too. Like now that I've been on the podcast and talking with you guys more, it's like because I mean like you got me going on like a oh sorry quick thing. Danny and Garrett suffered at the hands of my Lands Matter deck the other day. Oh yeah. 
So that'll be something towards the end we'll talk about more. But you've been getting me rolling. You guys have been getting me rolling again on lots of magic stuff, and I've been really happy about that because hopefully it'll help me Dude, take I, my collection to I, clean up time finally. I got I got a brew going in my head, and maybe I'll talk about my brew at the end of the episode for Pioneer and stuff. K, uh, uh, Casey in the Discord, he knows what I'm talking about and stuff. Ooh, so. I mean, I have a couple of brews in Pioneer I've been thinking about. I just haven't decided how I want to build them yet. Next in the meta share, we got Is It Phoenix? Kind Classic. of Classic. Like, yeah, holding in at a, a pretty reasonable 5.1%. You know, yep. nothing to shake a stick at. It's yep. I, wh- think, I think this deck's kind of picking up speed, too, just because New Capenna with uh, a Ledger Shredder. That, that came out of New Capenna, right? Yep, that was New Capenna. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, like some of these sets, like I just didn't care for over the years, but I know they had good cards. Like Strixhaven is one of those sets that I just didn't care about, but I know I had good cards in it. I have to go back and be like, what card should I pick up? And like New Capenna was one where I didn't care for the the ideal world, but like they have cards like Ledger Shredder that I was like, oh, this is a really good card and it's going to have a home. I just don't think it goes in every home, but I think that's a piece that also helps this deck a lot too. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got Abzan Greasefang coming in at a 4.1%. Uh, this deck, like, as soon as, as soon as Greasefang Okiba Boss came out, like, this deck was, like, brought up. Jay, you were one of, like, the, you were in the the, the, the beginning wave of this, were you not? Because I believe you came on the episode and you were talking about Greasefang extremely early on, and you and your, uh, your playgroup or the people that you talk to about these builds and stuff like you were one of the early adopters of Greasefang, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. I just told people Greasefang was busted. <laughs> yeah. Greasefang's busted. Get a free Parhelion, bitch. This is great. Yeah. You just get a, you, you just get a free, you know, uh, seven mana creature, seven mana artifact that puts, you know, eight power, uh, something like what, extra power on the 14 board or 15 board. power on a board. Yeah. I've uh, on arena, Whenever I play against a, a Grease Fang deck, I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is going to be backbreaking for me. <laughs> so uh, Abzan Grease Fang, 4.1%. Five color Fires of Invention, which is crazy to see. This guy knew holds strong, man. Yep, because that is uh, Yorion, still allowed in Pioneer, banned in Modern, but allowed in Pioneer still. I, think, I mean, it's really yeah, cool. uh, I'm okay with that for now. It, it's coming in at a nice solid 3.7%. And when we talk about this deck, I'm looking forward to it. Like five color decks in Fires of Invention is it always like it's 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 that deck that that uh, card that tickles my fancy, you know, in the back of the head where it's like, oh, but you could like brew around something like this. You get to cast two spells, and they could be the most two powerful spells you cast a turn. So seeing a Fires of Invention deck like boiling to the surface again is really cool, in my opinion. And then um, last one before we get below like 2%, and that's kind of where things fall into the other. And we can like dive into some of those decks the more because there's some pretty sp- interesting stuff. But at the 2.2% of the meta share, we have Bant Spirits, which is spirits with Coco and uh, Spellqualler, is it? So, yeah. It's classic spirits that keep holding up. Like since the inception of Pioneer, the only thing Bant that. Bant Spirits will always be around. Yeah, it's, it's that deck that. You, you got to watch out for it. It's fast. It attacks on uh, so many different angles. It can hit you fast. It can go for the long game. And the Coco, on, the Coco and Band Spirits can really put your opponent on the back foot if you land it at the opportune time. Well, actually, too, yeah. we're coming up on another Spirits deck that also is kind of becoming a back-breaking thing, too. Yeah, the new the new mono blue one, which is at a 1.6% meta share. Yep. But that one is picking up speed. People have been realizing how powerful just you don't need to go farther than blue. Mm-hmm. Like you can tempo out someone like crazy. They got the new the new curious obsession that came out in um, 
Dominaria. Yeah. United. Well, yeah. What's what that one? It? Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't. I know what you're talking about. Jay, do you know the, the Curious Obsession point two? Uh, Curious Obsession point two. Combat Research. There we go. Yep. Combat just, Research. Just pulling it up. Combat research is like one of the new things that help push to keep this mono blue spirits mono blue because it gives you that draw advantage. It kind of mitigates, uh, it, it kind of acts as like what Coco does of like putting things on the board. It just keeps things in your hand and then you can like mana beak all that stuff uh, by having. So now with that rough meta share out of the way, Jay, we really, <laughs> want, you, we really want you to take the helm. What of this deck in the pioneer uh, meta share do you want to dive in first? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> let's start off with uh, let's start off with boat, gruel boat, boat, gruel boat. Okay, pulling up a first list here. Again, we're going off of goldfish for a lot of this information. We'll kind of like interweave some stuff for maybe like MTG top eight or MTG decks. All good sites to be looking up for like aggregate deck collection and stuff. Yes. Oh, I, mean, I just remember the name was someone called it Gruel Battleships. Oh, just because they're just they're talking about just the fact that Sky Sovereign, you know. And I was like, oh, battleships. All how right. Is, how is how is battleships not as popular as boats now? Like, I feel as soon as someone says battleships, it's like, yes, please. Or uh, you could probably go with like uh, Gruel Star Cruiser Magic. I don't know. I mean, there's so many names you come up with. I just I, my thought just comes into like. Starcraft and like the names of things from that, like what you could utilize from that to be your new name. But yeah, we'll just right now it's just rule boats. So I like it. So a lot of the creatures that you're going to be seeing in here are you got your mana dorks, elvish mystic, land of war elves that ramps you. Yep. To be able to drop this stuff, you got lovestruck beasts, werewolf pack leader, and then new werewolf that really picked up and uh, really picked up in uh, share. Uh, of being put in this deck that kind of like made this thing is the reckless storm seeker i remember we were talking about this on yeah. the uh, finance section of the normal podcast and that was like during one of the first couple episodes i was into yeah and, it and jumped how up this like, was this was helping a lot of uh stuff change and you see the difference with like i mean that adding that haste is just it's huge. free haste you don't have to pay for it there's yeah. not a lot of things oh where you you don't have to like pay a one mana to give a thing haste this just at combat give a thing haste and then more importantly if you scroll back up to the uh vehicle sections and stuff with the artifacts like you know i mean they have a secret chariots and everything like that but like, if you even add like some smaller ones in that are decent in some way like even like a licensed hearse has been something used or yeah um like I, I can't remember some of the other renditions that the, this deck had before like there's a couple of different vehicles they used to have two in here before they just said cut it you know but like to to just drop that card on turn three and then crew right away and give something else haste or even even given the plus one yeah like that, that kills the things. power the power it has like that's insane you know or even like later turns later turns let's give your sky sovereign plus one extra so it's a seven five that's also going to not only did it deal three damage when entered, but it's going to deal three damage on the attack now. And it's flying in the air for seven damage. Like, it's about as bad as Parhelion. Like, the slap from Parhelion. Like, that's the feeling you're getting right now from this. Yeah, they're very... Mm-hmm. Battlecruiser magic coming at you right now. <laughs> Legit Battlecruiser. Okay, we're going to change the name of this deck. It's going to be Battlecruiser. I like this way better. <laughs> 
so quick read here of uh, the the Skyship Council flagship. It's a five mana, six five legendary artifact vehicle with flying. When it ETBs or attacks, it uh, deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker in an opponent opponent controls, and it has crew three. Like lightning bolting everything when this just five mana ETBs lightning bolt the thing and then it attacks like the the clause for a lot of cards that are getting ETB and a tr- attack triggers of the same thing like those cards are like premium cards because they do so much cityscape leveler cityscape leveler uh, I love that card <laughs> I agree um, yeah, that card does a lot yeah a lot is an understatement like as soon as as soon as you see that it unearths itself you can kill it and it comes back yeah it's like you gotta you gotta you gotta like have two things to deal with that one thing and the way that the deck the deck that is playing cityscape leveler goes it's dropping power stones to be able to ramp into that or it's just ramping straight up ramping into that and it's like oh man that's insane stuff. It, it, and it sets you back. <laughs> attacks and ETB, or ETBs and attacks, and it just blows up one of your non-land permanents. See, that's, and that's one of those cards that's part of my Pioneer deck that I'm brewing right now. I mean, who would not guess that? Something to deal with Urza, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It, oh. I know. I'm still working on... I'm, I'm still working on for Pioneer. Like, I have a, a really cool idea for a mono-blue vehicles deck with Tezzeret in it. Of course. Well, I mean, he's so good. But I mean, like the thing I looked at though is like he's an untapped source of power. Like he just makes vehicles become them self. Yeah. I'm like, and there's a lot of cool vehicles. Yep. Uh, Skyship, Council Flight, Sky Sovereign, and then you got Eskis Chariot, which is also in this Gruel's Battleship deck. Yep. That card is still busted. It oh is. my god, that card is amazing. I remember uh, it's, a, it's a four mana four four that puts two that that leaves two cat that leaves two cats on a battlefield and it can crew itself. Yeah, plus make more cats yeah. or whatever you have. Yeah. Makes or or tr- or treasure tokens. Seems good. Treasure yeah. tokens, power stone tokens. Now, I mean, you have so many good tokens you can play with. It's amazing. Your spirit tokens you get from your shokens uh, on the crucible of the fire. Uh, I mean, like the fable to mirror breaker token. Yep. Yeah. More treasure token creating goblins. I mean, why not? You're never going wrong with Eskis Chariot. Again, uh, to those that don't even remember or who don't play Arena, Eskis Chariot in Arena had to get a, uh, a play around with its uh, with its ability for Alchemy. And yeah, stuff. Alchemy the changed al- it because like, it was too good. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of an interesting thing to be keeping an eye on. If like an Alchemy changes happens to a card, it's like, okay, so it's determined to be pretty strong here. How does it look in paper where it hasn't changed? And Eska's Chariot is a good card that does, it copies any token. And there's so many things that are making tokens. And yes. You just get benefit off of this. This thing has a body. And I know, Jay, uh, if I remember correctly, Jay, last time you were on, you were just all hyped and like, like just saying Eska's Chariot is a cracked card. And here it is, like, However, amount of time later, six months. Did you come in in the summer? You came over on in the summer, and we were talking about uh, new cards that came out. No, it was it was Streets of New Capenna. I think is when you last came on, Jay. So it's been more than six months. Holy shit! Yes. So with that, I'm pretty sure Eskis Cheria came up talking there, but like just making tokens. It makes copies of tokens. <laughs> yep. I mean, what else can you say about this? I mean, what else can you really say about this deck? This deck has. Like hands down, just amazing cards all around. Like it's, it's it's gruel, so of course it's going to be there, right? But it has it just has a solid build. I mean, your top ends are 
dealing with like glory glory bringer plus your awesome uh vehicles as well as like you look in the sideboard even um and like you have your uh matt you have to move that car out of the way <laughs> sorry uh, you have Hazaret and arlen in the side as options questing beasts um of course the classic embercleave Hazaret is gas oh Hazaret is definitely gas but yeah, just this deck is this is a solid deck. I can see where this deck has really gained some popularity. It's really gained some prowess of its own in a sense in the world of Pioneer. Um, like I guess I'm not a big Pioneer player, but I can tell you from just playing a lot of modern, like this is a deck that modern, like this is like what old modern used to love. Just something that would come in and just smash. Can we can we talk real quick about uh, some of these? Frexia OB1 spoilers that got announced. Wizards did make an official announcement about this to quickly mention here. Uh, last week or two, there are people opening up Dominaria Remastered packs, and rares from Frexia OB1 were showing inside those packs. Wizards Oof. addressed the fact saying, yes, those cards are real, and all this stuff, and it's like, it's something that happened, it's unfortunate, but we're going to keep pushing on with the previews. And because of that, we just want to mention here, fast lands are coming to oh, pioneer yeah. the allied fast finally allied fast finally jay has been going on uh pretty much since the beginning of pioneer that that needs to happen sooner so jay get on that soapbox let us know how excited you are about getting some fucking new uh allied uh fast lands in in pioneer now because this is going to be a deck that benefits greatly from that i would believe personally i think all all decks who have Allied Fastlands coming into Pioneer are going to benefit greatly, uh, especially the red-black mid-range deck, because now um, with red-black mid-range, you can now play cards more consistently that may have double red or red and black in it at the same, or like um, multicolored cards that allow you to um, make casting cards easier. Also, casting Shieldred is actually easier now. Yeah, that's a big fucking game right there. Shieldred. <laughs> yeah, Shieldred's gonna be hot, and hot. <laughs> it's a, it's already doing good. Good. Let's just make it easier to cast Shieldred in Pioneer. Let's, let's yeah. just let's just make it easier to cast a like a really b- busted card. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Deal. You I'm okay with this. Me. I'm yeah. also okay with the possibility of casting Torture Defiance. Oh. But yep. But my issue with like torture defiance right now is like it doesn't deal with us, children. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's and like that, that five toughness like, is feel, hard. I feel like that five toughness is like that's like one of the check marks of like any card nowadays. Is like, can this kill children? Yeah, if you're going from a damage sense, it's really it's a backbreaking thing. I mean, if you got yeah. a way just to kill it straight out, like your normal stuff, like. That's fine. What's your infernal grasp? Infernal grasp, fateful absence. I mean, you have you have ways to deal with it in that way. Power word word kill. Like there's those ways. It's it's just but but those are black and white cards. Yep. As where you got things in like green, green red. Well, green red just lacks that a lot. Yeah, and the the best you can do the the, the, skyship, flagship that sky sovereign. Yeah, you have to you have to double sky. You have to double sky sovereign. So sky sovereign ETBs, and then when you go to crew. You uh, with the reckless storm seeker, you give reckless storm seeker gives sky sovereign haste. You swing and you kill it again. Right, and that's like two. That's 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 like two pieces of the puzzle to do to take out this one shieldred that is going to be back breaking. Yeah, after after it already has done two 
actor has already sucked two life out of you just because of you drawing a card. Yeah. Shieldred is bonkers because it's like, oh, the thing that I got to do to deal with Shieldred is like draw more cards to find my answer, but it's punishing me <laughs> to find the answer. It's like <laughs> it's punishing you for playing the game. <laughs> yep. I know I said this on the podcasts, uh, just the regular podcast, but it's like seeing the Nekusar esque uh, coming from the commander aspect of things. Like I'm a Nek- I'm a Nekusar player, so seeing like Nekusar aspect coming into standard uh, sixty card constructed play is very interesting to me because this is the shit that everyone would would be uh, bitching about. Like Nekusar is like you're making us draw too many cards and answering is killing us. Like we need these answers and stuff. For it. So with Shieldred just being like this this entity that is putting so much pressure just for trying to deal with it in these formats is very interesting to see um you got cards in this gruel deck uh i'm assuming glory bringer is like a big flex slot like you can change out what that is and like even a glory bringer does not deal with a shieldred no it really doesn't uh it doesn't deal with shieldred however um in red black um it's kind of like a meal breaker because other than shieldred there are some cards that are uh, for toughness or less, and Glorybringer just pops them. Yeah, you're just killing off uh, Blood Hive tar- uh, Mayhem Devils, Blood Tithe Harvesters, and like chinky stuff like that, because Blood Tithe Harvester will be killing your <laughs> your Glorybringer, or it could be killing your Sky Ship, your Sky Sovereign. Yeah, very easily. It's like, oh, look at all this Blood Token that I made in this Rakdos deck, and now you're gonna try and crew your sky sovereign nope not anymore only at sorcery speed by the way oh is it only sorcery okay never yes mind. it is okay thank goodness i knew blood tithe harvester is good but thank god it's not that good <laughs> no. uh yeah me too otherwise that would have been a rare very fair point so, so yeah there's there's that interesting deck gruel vehicles Oh, can we talk, can we talk real quick that they got like un- about unlicensed hearse? I feel like maybe this is like a good place to first mention this, or to want to save it for all the other decks that are running unlicensed hearse in there because this, this is like ubiquitous uh, I mean, sideboard tech for every deck. It's just go on. Well, yeah. What do you want to say? I mean, I have my part about what I can say about it. Yeah, two mana. That's just <clears> like a flexible graveyard hate card that beats face. It's a two mana beat stick here that just it benefits from having things get played. Anything that gets played. You just exile mm-hmm. cards from a single graveyard. You're getting rid of Croxas. You're getting rid of uh, Land of War Elves that you pick off early from what, whatever deck. And this is just being like ubiquitous wherever you find in License Hearse and stuff. So it's like finding all those things. It just eats that, gets bigger. And it's a cheap crew for like a 5-5. Five five. And that wins a lot of combats. Like Unlicensed Hearse can go toe-to-toe with a Shieldred. Your opponent, if you're swinging with an Unlicensed Hearse, they're not blocking with a Shieldred. And hopefully that means that your Unlicensed Hearse clock is quicker than the shielded clock or you know i mean like they will have to be forced to because they don't want to die you know but i mean that's the only downside about shoulders of course she has death touch still but i mean yeah no it's a powerful card it's really it's something uh, yeah that is more popular i think uh in the pioneer sense this is actually a more popular card this had it when it first came out this was huge for modern um and then again now like the shift that changed with modern where this card is now taking more of a backseat role because everyone's going back to again like the fight of do you play uh, um, Relic of Progenitus or you play the Lantern? Yeah, the Soul Guide Lantern. Soul one. Guide Lantern. That, you know, that one. Because, like, you know, you're trying to find the right stipulations of how to play. And, like, 
like I said, this was one where this card was really good in the beginning, but then when we well, that's when Merktide was like the biggest one, and it's like you had to have. But that many was only because deal with the Merktide. Yeah, you need to deal with Merktide, and now it's becoming where um, this is not that good anymore due to the fact that like our our shift in modern has become the whole realm of endowment creativity being the problem and there's some other decks that are popping up a little bit now to kind of fight with that but like there's not a lot of like specific graveyard card hate that you want to get now it's still going back to the original of just wipe the whole graveyard and be done and soul guide is probably still the top one but i can see where this one's actually very powerful because like there's not much of a uh I don't, I don't think so. But I mean, am I wrong? If I'm wrong on this, Jay, but like, there's not really a lot of graveyard shenanigans for Pioneer yet, really. Like uh, recursion type stuff, or like things that people worry about for like mass, like flip arounds and stuff like that. I mean, because like the only thing that's like you have is it uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then Grease Fang. I mean, Grease Fang is one that can. I mean, really, is that one? Yeah, you got Croaks and the Rakdos decks. Like, yeah, but Croaks is not like a major card though for that deck. It's just a piece for it. Yeah, it's still a good yeah. piece that hurts. It it does, but like, I don't think it's as bad as yeah, like they're seeing. Not, yeah, the, they're not targeting. They're not targeting Rakdos mid range with their unlicensed. Yeah. Oh, you put a Croaks in. I'm just gonna get rid of it. Okay, you got rid of my Croaks. I guess I'll just kill you with all the other damage I create. But I mean, I think I think, but it is it is a very good card though. I think this. I think inside of Pioneer though, unlicensed Hearse has a lot of power. And like you said, it becomes something for other decks that don't run shoulder that have death touch creatures and stuff too. Like it just, it's a beater. It's very to me. Unlicensed Hearse kind of has the same feel, like the modern feel for uh, contra tokens, the major form of contra tokens, and the fact that like just having something that keeps swinging every turn with a giant face, like it's it's a clock. It's a, it just it creates a clock. It creates a huge clock and creates that. That uncertainty of like, can I can I can I keep surviving these battle bouts that I'm going to be taking? You can you can have an Eska's Kitty token crew this thing. Oh, I know it's that two crew is really good. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I know vehicles are amazing. There's a reason why there is no smuggler's copter allowed in this format. <laughs> I mean, this like good good cards that with crew costs that are low, like they're always going to be something I think people need to look at and see as a thing to worry about. And then, like, if they have something attached to them that makes them really good, I mean, like, as simple as Eska's Chariot is, it's just a 4-4, right? But, I mean, like, the the ability it has, though, is just making stuff. Like, it can die, and then in the long run, you could have made a scarier token. And people are going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, and that, and that makes me think, like, how often are you going to try and see, or how, how many, like, gruel-style decks are going to go on the token side like or even like a simic deck like i feel like a simic deck with eskis chariot could do like this is more theoretical brewing deck and stuff here but to make like copies of tokens of powerful tokens and stuff that you're making i mean that's like a whole instead other- of it's, if you had a simic version instead of having glory bringer you'd have coma having more serpent tokens there we go um i mean you can do a lot of things with that i mean but that's a it's a powerful card so yes so, so, so that's Gruel Midrange, 9.2%. And you can see that ramping out into these vehicles and just hitting face, that Skyship just does a lot of work. The Reckless Storm Seeker does a lot of work. Battle Cruiser, baby. Yeah. Just coming in. But yeah. Um, but yeah, what else do we talk about here? Like, um, Nykthos Ramp. Like, Jay, what is your opinion on Nykthos as a card itself? Like, is this something for the pioneer format that is either 
a good or bad thing to still have, or is it something that this we have, that like as a whole needs to be looked at as something that just should go? Like, I'm just kind of wondering about that part. I know this is something that's always been on the hot seat. Uh, it's a necessary evil. So it kind of holds its place in keeping things in bay. Yes. Um, the card that probably really needs to go is Karn. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's yes, that probably is very true. Is that it, is a backbreaker K- of a card. Karn is a four mana. Like Karn is a four mana wish for anything on my yeah. board. It, it's 10 Four mana cards. wish ring. It's, it's also a rod of ruin. Or no, um, null no rod. rod. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, it's on also. On a stick, it's also a um, very similar to like the ability of Tezzeret, the uh, insult artifact ability, mm-hmm. where you know you just pick a good size artifact and you make it into a creature until your next turn. You um, smack somebody with it. Yeah, I just it. It's a card. This thing, it like Karn's a house. Karn is a house. It's a house in this format. It's a house in modern format. It was a house even to the extent in some of the standard when it came out. Even too like there were some yeah. stupid builds people had that dealt with. Having your meteor golems and your oh God, uh, golems. the uh, the giant uh, statue to bull us thing that made everything cut Scott Pharaoh statue where like you know so I mean it created a lot of nonsense and stuff which is ridiculous and my question I have though too is like even if Karn was gone do you think Nykthos as a deck itself would really stick around or do you think it would change? Uh it would change. It would change slightly. I think it'll possibly go back to the Vivian version. Okay. Kind of more push towards mono green, get rid of this kind of offshoot color mess around type stuff and everything and be more of a just like the Tron version in green for Pioneer essentially. Yes. So Yeah, because you know this deck is gonna Um it, it creates it creates more mana. It creates more mana than a Tron deck. That's true, it does. It really which, does. Which is which is appalling. Well, I mean, you gotta do that though, because there's and no fetch lands in this yeah, format. It's, it's so, I mean, done, like, you gotta have something cool off top. But that's that's the thing that's enjoyable, though. You're right; it does create more mana than a Tron deck from Modern. But the thing is, it's allowed to create more mana because it doesn't have to worry about the clock is small. And that's why I think that's the thing also I, I, that really gets me about Pioneer right now that I've been looking a lot at and enjoying the idea of more is that that is the piece to me that kind of makes me really want to play Pioneer more is the creative like field yeah, mm-hmm. and not so stifled right now. I guess maybe this is a good time to just take a, uh, take a, a step back and just like appreciate that you can brew so much different stuff in the current card pool in Pioneer. Like you can go in so many different directions. Uh, like you were just talking about like a Tezzeret. You ha- we, I don't think there's ever been a Tezzeret's talked about in like top overall meta shares of decks, like Tezzeret based style decks. And you got that flexibility just even going back to Return to Ravnica times. Like there's so many cards to go through and yet it, it, it's, it's a brewer's paradise. Like everybody says it when you talk about Pioneer, it's like, it's a brewer's paradise in these uh, in these constraints, and uh, modern's a brewer's paradise in its own constraints. You just want to play on whatever different level. But pioneer, good more more on the levels of like good wholesome magic, until you're making like twenty mana with <laughs> Nick. Those <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Mana's good. Listen, you could have all the mana in the world. One counterspell could change that entire thing. Yeah, but there's no real good counterspells in pioneer. No. Uh, that is, I do agree with that. Um, I think Pioneer needs just like a straight two, ma- like a really good two mana counterspell. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like straight counterspell, but it has to be something like really good. Like I'll be okay with mana leak. 
I heard some people talking well, about I don't like, think delay as an del- option or delay remand. Would be good. Remand, remand would be good. Remand would be really good. Um, I think, but I think people don't also look at like mark mark of casualty or whatever it is, the blue one. Am I? No, that's wrong. Make disappear. Make disappear. Yeah, yeah there's a different card. Yeah, but I think like make disappear though. That's one that I think people. It's like a quench that just has the upside of sacking a thing. But it's also not quench though, because it can it can audible into a mana leak very easily, a stronger mana leak. Right. I if think the, I think the issue with that card in particular is the fact that um, paying one is nothing. But like paying three or having a card bounce to back to your hand says a lot. Yeah. The tempo is real and if you're gonna be doing a make disappear against a if, if we're gonna be talking about the Karn Green Nykthos decks here, like Karn Green Nykthos deck could pay that mana. Well no, days. yeah. At that point you don't want that. You're at that but I mean with that much mana though too, like why couldn't you just use uh God, I am so bad at card names right now, like I'm just tired. I'd had a long drive up and back and no sleep, so there we go again. <laughs> we'll describe the card. Let's see if we can all piece it together. Uh, it's uh, Disallow. Oh, Disallow. I mean, how good yeah. Disallow can be for... Yeah, and Disallow is like probably, arguably, the next, like, the best counterspell. Like, you're, but then you're going into the three-mana counterspell, and then you get just got, like, or cancel. you have so. to remember, too, though, is that because we have Urza now, technically we have Baral and Urza, which are two cards that do a lot of discounting on your Sorcerers and Instants. Ooh. So now... Summary Dismissal. Now you have the ability to actually get there with the whole, you can counter stuff very easily too. But that's, that's an so archetype many, build, though. I know that's, that. that's that's many pieces to get set up. Like if you weren't seeing a lot of counter based decks with Baral alone to be making disallows into two mana counter spells or cancels into two mana counter spells and stuff like that, it's like how how much is Urza going to change that as well? Maybe yeah, it just Maybe. depends. I mean, it's it all is, about it's, it's about the testing, the format, and stuff. But like the problem is though, this is not the only deck in the format that we have to worry about. It's not the big bad. It's true, yeah. It's just you a just, part. It's just uh, it's part of the top five big bad. You hear the. Uh, it's more with the Nykthos decks. It's like Nykthos again. <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's I said. What, it's it's the Tron of Pioneer. It has the same it has the same reputation of people when they see it and hear about it. There's like ugh. So but it's a good deck. I like it. Like I said, I just want to know what the thoughts on the Nykthos part is. Um, I don't know. I like I said. I think I still believe. I mean, I don't, I mean, like Jay's opinion is true. Like Karn's probably the card that should go from this deck, but I feel like for this deck to like not succeed, if you took Nicholas out, like Karn loses a lot of power in the sense you don't have the ability to just get crazy, like with mana. You know, it's yeah. it's the same with like Tron. Like, you know, if you think about Tron and Modern even, like they they had a long long debate on like what thing they should take out of the deck completely and like the 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 strong thing came back to the th- sense of like you know, Karn has a pivotal point of being in the format still, but then it also plays itself into a cor- or paints itself into a corner because it's only useful against certain decks. And then if you take away that Megasmith Lattice, which is what they did, well, now like Karn's not as potent. It's good, but it's not something that like you know it can't break the meta now anymore because it doesn't have the key piece that was like let's just lock you out completely and you're done. So I think like for. For this, if you would take something away from this deck, if you were so concerned it's too powerful, I think your Nykthos has to go. Because like you said, if you can create more mana than a Tron deck in Modern, that's more of the problem than having a card that can just do a bunch of stuff. Because without the key pieces, it's not as good. So another reason I think uh, Nykthos should stay is the fact that um, there are the possibility for other Devotion decks to pop up in the near future. Maybe like Mono Black Devotion or Mono Red or Mono Blue. Yep. Give me green or Mono White Devotion. 
Yep. I And I think that's a real thing. I think that would be actually cool to see some more of that. I mean, like, you still have awesome things like Torment of Hellfire. You oh, still can play that oh. with Nykthos. Like, that's oh, the thing yeah. that people aren't doing. You're, you're just me. You just, need, you just need more cards like your old growth trolls that are... You need some triple blacks and stuff, like things that help you create that. And I think there's, I think there's things there. I mean, technically, if you really want to go into a deep dive idea of something for a mono black deck, which I'm feeling like you're already going to be sold on, we're gonna, we're getting uh, Frexian Obliterator now into. Well, I was Pioneer. about to say that's a big right, piece, a big devotion. That's a big piece devotion right piece that will help. Gray Merchant, like just those two cards alone, can probably bring a mono black devotion deck into Pioneer more. Frexian Arena coming back. Yeah. You also have the enchantment that's like Frexian Arena from the Return to Ravnica block. Underworld Connections. Um, underworld Connections. Like, you could use that if you wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of good things you could use. But, like, Children. I think... I, hey, man. That's two pips. <laughs> that is two pips. I will never say no to that. I think... But I think you're not wrong, though. I think that is very much so a key thing. And, you know, we should really be writing down these deck ideas, Matt, because you know this is a true thing we should be doing. So get yourself an empty piece of paper and write this down for Mono Black Devotion and the cards we mentioned. But no, that is a thing, though, that is very true. I think it's very important. And I, I would agree with you, Jay, that, yes, I don't I don't want to see Nykthos go away. Um, I just know that's a thing that's the talk always that people don't like. And I feel I feel like you're, you're accurate in like what you say about how people, um, you know, they, the overview of, like, the hatred towards it just because it's the Tron deck of Pioneer. But... You want more decks to be brewed, so keep brewing and make something yes. different. And I, that's the other thing I was going to ask you too, because like I know you guys, you've been listening to our show and stuff since I've started being, uh, showing up to the show now and being on and everything. And like my question is like for you as a very devoted person for Pioneer as well, do you feel the same like I do in the sense of like that the problem with stuff isn't so much that um, the top decks are the problem, or is it more to you? In the sense of like the communities that play with these decks are what's causing the problem. Both. You think it's both? Well, so it's fair. I um, like to hear more about this because this is two um, answers in one. So basically, so basically, like ten years ago, we didn't have access to tw- Twitter. wasn't as relevant. Discord wasn't as relevant. We didn't have full blown discords of people like testing out decks and things of that nature. Um, back back when back when we back when Pro Magic was like really alive and well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had to like catch that clip of the Sunday series just to sit down and just to sit down and record a deck, or we had to wait until the next day, or we had to go on Star City beforehand and write down the deck. Now we're to a point where players are streaming decks. Players are streaming decks just as fast. Um, you can literally watch someone's Twitch and get a deck idea. Twitter's a thing. Deck. Sets come out now a week earlier, so now players can churn can churn through the format a bit faster and figure it out. When you when you have when you have a mind full of people continuously breaking down cards and yeah. churning and churning through sets faster, it helps you figure out like, all right, this is good, this isn't good, and then next thing you know, within like two within a week to two weeks, the format it the format for that particular set is already figured out. Yep, and don't you feel like also too in a sense though like that's it's also a plaguing thing like of the the collective group being so intelligent which is awesome but like it also seems like it's something where like you know we, we're talking about cards like stuff that you know there's no tezzeret there's no gray merchant maps at all with these nixos we don't have um other options of things to play with like you feel like sometimes too with that 
and like you're saying, like it is a problem of the people. But like, do you? Well, number one, it's also the amount of games being played too. Yeah. There are a lot of games. There are a lot more games of Magic being played than there were ten years ago. True. Very true. And also, and also with that, um, there are a lot more games of Magic being played than there were ten years ago. One moment. You good? We got him. He stonewalled him. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the thought um, was there. The thought was there. Card, card, cards are a lot more powerful now than they were ten years ago. Yeah, the power creep. The power creep is definitely. The power creep is real. We literally went from storm breath to euro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Clip it. Or or, or matter or matter of fact, let, let me give a better comparison. We went from siege rhino to euro. Dude, fucking yeah, that's interesting. Siege, Siege Rhino, Siege Rhino is such a good card. You got fucking. We, we went, we went from an ETB Lightning Helix to regrowth on a stick. Yeah, and and here we still have Saffron Olive still trying to do Siege Rhino shenanigans on his on his videos. I mean, why would you not want to? Do Siege God Rhino? bless him. I love Siege, Siege Rhino. Rhino. I, I'm I'm sorry. Bless the horn dog. <laughs> in, any anytime anytime I see um. Anytime I see someone playing Siege Runner, I'm like, um, I'm sorry. What are you doing with your life? They, they are playing. Who, who hurt you? <laughs> who they, hurt you? They're, they're just, they got lost in the backyard. They didn't know to come in right away. The they, rainstorm's coming, but they didn't know. They're perfectly fine with playing wholesome magic because Siege Rhino is that wholesome card that is just like. <sighs> <sighs> they're just the kid in the sandbox feel, all by themselves, that. just. <laughs> Pouring sand to a bucket and putting it on top again. Let's go know. again, Siege Rhino. <laughs> Pick up the sand castle. <laughs> Smash through yeah, the gates. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's a nice, that's a nice Siege Rhino. I'm gonna kill it with my dreadboard and I'm gonna play my children. Yeah. <laughs> go. Fuck it, just kick that sand castle over. <laughs> this is like my Siege Rhino. Boof. So yeah, I know. Like I said, it's, it's a thought of the whole thing. Like it's just. I mean, I, I kind of just see it as a thing of also where I agree 100%. Like, it's there's more games being played. There's more things. The power creep is real. But, like, I also see it, though, too. And, like, even from my side of playing modern a lot, like, I feel like the the worst part about having all this mass knowledge and spread so fast is, like, there's a lot of issues where people don't see the answer anymore sometimes to a problem. And they, like, refuse to believe that it could be simpler. Like the biggest thing I can I can relate to is like over the summer before the Almighty Sky Noodle got banned, and like everybody wanted to blame multiple things of being an issue inside of modern was the reality of just being like if you need to stop this land problem of people being able to play things so easily, then why don't you see more blood moons played? Why don't you see more land destruction type stuff? I mean like preach it. I mean that's that's the thing that I I, I get scared about for formats sometimes is like like wizards i know wizards can't be perfect at making cards always because i mean i can take the example again like i said i have multiple examples for playing so long i have so much that i can talk about with this was a non high level pro but trying to be in the pro scene where i'm trying to like get to that point and i never i never made it of course but i mean time money and uh ability to go do things is really hard to get as a trifecta but and you, and you took an arrow to the knee uh, too, my adventuring days, man, I'll tell you, those are just over, okay? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but my my thing that I saw like throughout the whole time of when we had um, Battle for Zendikar all the way through Hour of Devastation and the problem of people being like, you know, oh, Mardu vehicles are just so good. They're so good. And I, and I kept telling this to all the local people all the time, like, well, yeah, they're so good because we don't have an answer 
to artifacts. Like we don't have a shatter. We don't have we don't have something that just destroys an artifact instantaneously that's under a three mana cost. Like I said by the time you hit three mana, it doesn't matter because they two put down two. two other things that are just as scary as that stupid vehicle. Yeah. So like that was you. that was the whole thing where like I know like I said, wizards can't see that far in the future and like they're changing their whole format and of like getting professional players in, getting stuff in for people to be doing stuff um, to help kind of see those things. But like the reality is like, you know, 99% of our people that play this game, you're tabletopping it and you're just going to local FNM. So like your, your meta is going to be completely different from everybody else's on the pro tour. But to have to wait until hour of devastation, when all of a sudden you saw a braid, you saw the regular old shatter, you by saw force by four, like you saw like five cards they brought out, that could hit that number and deal with that vehicle all of a sudden it was too late yeah and that's the same thing like i worry about like we're modern the summer was like blood moon makes the moon they exist have things that stop the other stuff like there are cards that exist in our in our pools that we can utilize it's not banned for a reason but like i just i get concerned about that with like people not taking a step back to say hey Maybe we need to focus on instead of building the better deck. Like maybe we should just find an answer right now too. I, I feel, I feel this is this is slipping a little away from a pioneer discussion more on like the meta call of the Magic community itself. But as you were saying, it's like the pros are going to be playing these decks. They're going to be trying, and they're going for optimal. They're not going to play anything less optimal. It's like if this is the guaranteed deck that's going to get me these trophies, get me these points, get me these wins. Like they're going to be taking that, and they're not going to be trying to brew something goofy uh, or something that can like potentially answer. Uh, another deck that's like too far off of the current beaten path and with other players you know like at the fmm fnm level that are uh, enfranchised enough to be looking at pros they're going to be looking at them and be like well they're still taking this deck why should i try and also expand on that and it's not saying that everybody's yeah. in that mindset nope, yeah. but it's like i feel like that's something to also like look at and like address at the same time that it's like people still look at the pros who are not going to be flexing uh changing into uh, a lane that's not going to be the optimized lane and so more people uh feed through that optimized funnel than going for like okay here's the optimized fun funnel that everybody's going through what can i use to disrupt that optimized funnel and like expand there it's like they try it once it's like oh didn't work i'm tired of getting dink slapped and stuff <laughs> like it's true. No, no one wants to lose a lot in the process of learning things like uh the uh the 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 the, the the typical saying of like you fall off the horse you get back on kind of thing you're falling off the horse a lot and some people get defeated by falling off the horse continuously until they find the right unlicensed hearse yeah. answer kind Which, of that, like i said it's such a great piece that gets added to a deck and like it has such great purpose in this this meta of format or i should say this format play you know i just like i said i, I know it's a concern like i don't want of course i don't want this entire thing about like that either but like that's just a thought that i have like i i, I just i don't hear a lot from pioneer side of it because like you know, certain things a little bit bigger, but like this is one where, um, just looking at a lot of stuff, I was like, I like the format the way it is and how it's very open still. It's just, I get a little concerned about the pro stuff because of a lot of things I've seen over the years. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to talk about that anymore. That's not important. More pioneer stuff, <laughs> please. So yeah, mono green devotion, it's holding strong. The typical package, we kind of did the uh, the cart before the horse here. I know, <laughs> I know. But we'll just go over uh, Elvish Mystic, Land War Elves, Old Growth Troll, Cavalier of Thorns, Lovestruck Beast. And then you got Storm the Festivals, which is a four of that just like puts all I this bought stuff. Cavalier of Thorns when it was $5 and it jumped. 
before really anybody knew about like oh yeah. So right. I bought I bought the Cavalier Thorns like when Mono Green was like before like the main deck, and I was like, hey, this deck popped up like more than like four times, and I was like, uh, this this seems to be picking up steam. So I bought them when they were like a couple dollars, and then I flipped them when they hit like twenty five dollars. Dude, yeah, that's really fucking good. <laughs> Cavalier of Thorns. It's it's such an interesting card. Of uh, it's a it's a five mana do exactly what you want, and it goes into one deck, and it's the key of that deck that just that as soon as it gets played, it 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 progresses you leaps and bounds. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's the prime time of Pioneer. I mean, like it's a like it's that. a fixed prime time. You know, it's a it's a sense of not over like the cavalier cycle was actually very amazing in the way it worked i think that was the one thing that i really enjoyed about the cavalier cycle when it showed up was you know it's a fixed version of those titans that they're still amazing they have their own places but like the the knights are they're a little bit better i I do love the cavaliers it's so sad to not see because the only the only cavaliers that you see are thorn and uh, flame whatever the red one is like those are the ones you don't see the white the black or the blue one well i mean the white one's just okay I mean, it's, it's good, I think, it, in a good shell. It, be, it beats but, within a thing. Oh, I know. A permanent. I it, know. It hits, it hits lands, right? It's, non-land, it's not non-land permanent. It's any permanent. Any permanent makes it into a 3-3 golem. Yeah, there we go. Which Boom. is nice. But Say, I mean, say, say fuck you, Nick, though. Just, that's right. Boop, you're now a golem. It's, you it's, be a 3-3 golem. It's like Oka, Oka making a thing in Elk. It's like, oh, you're getting a 3-3 out of it? Yeah. But I do, I do enjoy them. I think they're a lot of fun. I remember. The, I remember. The, I remember when they first came out. The blue one was huge hype. Oh yeah, it brainstorms. <sighs> yeah, it's <laughs> brainstorms good. It's right? so good. That's how, that's how it works. Yeah. Arena saw brainstorm was a good card. Mm-hmm. Got banned in, in alchemy or whatever. <laughs> Damn it! My brainstorm is gone. But I bet you really enjoy this card being here, Matt. Yeah, and uh, this is this was kind of like be one of the last things to ask about here. And Jay, probably you know the most about this when it comes to so in the in the current card decks here for everyone else listening. Othanissa is one of the key cards to help get the devotion built, get your cards in hands, and allows you to do this other thing of where you can cast Planeswalkers for any kind of mana. Like if you just have mono green. Green Ponder. Yeah. The Green Ponder, the green baby. Ponder. Love it. So you're seeing decks that uh, flex on this one this one specific Planeswalker slot here, ranging from Nicol Bolas, God Pharaoh, to Nicol Bolas, to Teferi, God, to Teferi of any iteration, pr- primarily uh, Teferi who slows who the slows sun. Who slows the sun. Yes. just gets you like infinite mana. So what, what are your thoughts and what do you believe in that flex slot to change from Teferi who slows the sun to God Pharaoh to Dragon God and stuff? Like why, why is that slot there to do? And even Ugin. Oh, and regular Ugin not even being in the slot all the time now anymore. Um, I think it's just basically based on preference at that point. Like, what are you looking to do? Just it's the 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 current meta, whatever your local meta, it's, meta it's is. Like, it's like literally based on your current local meta or based on personal preference. Okay. I just like seeing Nicol Bolas in decks. It, it's, it's odd <laughs> I know to see, you do. It's just odd to see Nicol Bolas in a non-Grixis deck. It's like, oh, mono green? Toss in Nikki B. I'm still, still waiting for a good old Planeswalker deck to show up in pioneer again here they, they, they got pieces for a good like oh, they, super friends you have oath and still oath of why not like once again i know it's a, it's a it's, it's what the things are right people need a brew and test around and just gotta yep. get you gotta get like aspiring spike who pushes a lot of these wacky brews you gotta get aspiring spike to like really 
hone in on something like that or find someone on Spike's level. Like you're not going to, I don't think you necessarily, you're going to find like Gabriel Nassif, Andrea, uh, Andrea Gucci, uh, and like Reed Duke. They're not going to be picking up like the, the brewy, uh, brew not, style. Not dance. heavy brewing stuff. No, they're, they're not the same as some of the other players we had that you were really pushing get, like, it. You got to get like, um, Aspiring Spike, Jabberwocky, Saffron Olive, even like they're the one. The Saffron Olive, he he pushes a lot of those. He wacky. pushes it because that's his, his that's his niche. And I mean, like honestly, that's something that's kind of nice. I think Aspiring Spike's kind of getting there, but Aspiring Spike also stays on the whole idea of competitive, spike. competitive Spike stuff, you know, yeah. or competitive off wall brews. So, but yeah, I mean, it'd be great. I think it would be cool to see that some more too. But yeah, I like just man i love pioneers like design right now like, i'm just getting really into it after a couple of weeks of looking into stuff but should we take a step out and hone in on Celestia angels keep it in the green yes the green yes we here? should i know let's, we're, let's we're talk about, about that because i you know, like i said we talked about we know we know how the rakdos deck works we know the other stuff hidden strings lotus combo whatever you want to call it. i mean we know the top decks are about and humans we don't need to talk about humans it's straightforward it's the same thing it's always been for any human deck that ever exists. Lots of creatures go wide, get in there and kill them. But this is the deck that we should talk more about because it's an interesting thing that is creeping up. Okay, so we're going to we're going to do the horse before the cart this time. And yes. uh, so this Lesnia Angels build has Bishop of Wings, which we'll probably read a little bit of the cards here for those that aren't fully uh, vetted in on knowing what these cards are. It's a white white 1/4 human cleric when an angel ETBs, you gain four life. When an angel dies, you create a 1-1 one, one spirit with flying. It has four Giada Font of Hope, which came out in Streets of New Capenna. It's the 2-2 two, two Flying Vigilance. Each other angel ETBs with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each angel you already control. Pseudo Angel Lord. And then it taps and adds whites, and you can only spend that to cast uh, angel spells. Oh, darn, that's too bad. Angel spells. That's so, terrible. I hate having to spend, angel, spend mana on my spells or angels. Uh, there's this uh, in this build. It looks like uh, Youthful Valkyrie. That's one that came out in Keldheim that kind of like started to push the angel builds into Pioneer because it gives you a cheap angel. Like cheap angels was one of the things holding angels off. Well, yeah, I mean, like the first, the last time we ever had a real cheap angel in any set before Keldheim came out was Resplendent um, was the one before Resplendent. Resplendent started, but the very first one was Sarah Avenger. Oh yeah, that's all the way back in the time spell blocks. So, like. We haven't seen a cheap angel since Sarah Avenger to Resplendent. <laughs> like, that's a long time. It's a long time. And that's where it's like, that's huge. And like sidetrack note, like I remember when Splendid Angel came out, like I I built the Mardo Angels deck because of it. It's such a good card. It's so good. I love the card. Like it's enjoyable to play. So bring it speaking of the Splendid Angel, it's a three mana three three. Beginning of each end step, if you gain five or more life, you make a four four angel with flying and vigilance. And mm -hmm. then it has an ability of three white, white, white. You buffle your angels plus two plus two and gain uh lifelink. Lifelink. Which oh is no awesome. no just just uh, resplendent angel gets that not all angels my bad. Yep, sorry. Just resplendent angel. But I mean so that's a, that's important. It makes it a five five lifelinker. I mean you know, why not do that and then get another angel on top of it when you're done? Yeah, um, it's just gaining life is super easy in this deck. So the next uh, go to the next four of we'll get back to the one of yeah. there. Uh, Righteous Valkyrie, new card also from Keldheim. Uh, it's two and a white for a two four. When it, well, when another angel or a cleric ETBs under your control, gain life equal to that creature's toughness. So here's a way for you to be gaining that four to five life yep. turn. Swings at a bishop, swings at a resplendent angel's ability. Yep. As long as you have seven or more life than your starting life total, creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Power Anthem. That's mm -hmm. awesome to have. 
And then closing off, not an angel, but just a really fucking good card, Skyclave yep. Apparition. Three mana, two, two, ETPs, exile, non-token permanent of mana value four or less. And then uh, when it leaves, the owner of the permanence gets a XX illusion. Yep. It's, so it's just kind of like a spell queller. It's a spell queller for this deck, which is nice. And it makes it, it does work, which is awesome. Um, and then we have, of course, Redain, God of the Worthy, and that writing's hard to read. I can't see it. Velkmira, Protector Shield. Yep. So we got uh, Redain's side, which is a legendary a legendary creature god, uh, Flying Vigilance 2-3 that has Snowlands, your opponent's control, enter the battlefield, tap, and non-creature spells your opponents can, you're not, your opponents cast with converted mana cost for a greater cost an additional two. And on the back side, because I'll let you read that, Matt, because it's really hard to read that over here. Yeah, so uh, Valkmira says, if a source an opponent controls would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent one of that. And whenever one, whenever you or another permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that unless they pay one. So it's uh, manatized, anything that Force targets spike, you. Force stuff, yeah. It's in white. Keep it thematical here, sir. Sorry, manatized. <laughs> but I like, I like that. That's a really... And it's it's a one of that's just kind of like this close. This just like lo- locks in the game. For yeah, you. no, it's, it's like you it's got, got a board. good clauses. Like it makes it, you know, like the. I mean, clearly we're not worried about snow stuff. Yeah, but but it, we could just, be at some point. So that works nice. There, there's a lot of people that already had the dis- in modern. It's like oh, you just always got to play snow because you could just throw your opponent off for like oh, what if they are playing something that matters about snow permanence? And so like this is just like ah, your basic snow lands just under tamp now. <laughs> no one's playing snow stuff in modern. There's no Arkham Astrolabe, okay? Not anymore. So. Not anymore. But no, that thing is really good though because it has a great stop on the front side for the non-creature spells. So like if you worry about wrath effects. Well, guess what? They have to pay a bit more to get there. Yeah. So you can get around that. You have your other stuff where you can burn. Your Supreme Verdict's now six instead of four. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, it might be uncomfortable, but now you got to pay extra for that. The Farewell I mean, is now eight mana. Oh, God. Farewell is I mean, I'll, you see some control it. decks. I think Azorius control I'd, decks. I'd pay it for eight to get rid of this field, but yeah. Yeah. And but the backside, though, too, you have the burn. You have the burn stopper. Um, a lot of your point removal, Rakdos cries at say, something. That, that was the big thing. Rakdos sack mid range, whatever you want to go with. Like this, just hoses it out. Yeah, because it has a lot of ping point removal stuff. Um, and then you also have your other thing too, where that um, watching a game of uh, Saffron Olive screwing up really bad with his Gix deck that he made. Uh, the dude had this out, so then he tried to target him with the with Gix's ability. Oh God! And Gix. He had no mana to spend, so he got blown out. I'm just like, oh, that's a dirty card. That's dirty to do somebody, but I love it. Yeah, but I mean that's great. I love that stuff. So so far it's pretty good. This version two also is running for your spells. It's running four of uh, Kale's Reconstruction and four Collective Company. Kale's Um, Reconstruction is the uh, late game Collective Company, the newer part, and uh, also too like. Uh, I just, it's a good card. Like it's a really powerful thing. I like it a lot. So this deck's design. It's white, white, white X sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Put up to X artifacts and/or creature cards with mana value three or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So this can be the fact. It's like as soon as you pay seven, like you're just you can get all your creatures out and everything being three or less like redain three or less righteous valkyrie no you don't have to pay seven 
You you just pay three to the X. Th- or three to the X, but then you get three creatures. But if you pay seven, you can like. I mean, yeah, get, if you pay if, seven. If you get the gr- you can hopefully grip. hit seven. But I mean, like at that point, who cares? Like just putting three down, putting two down, yeah. you could get a lot of stuff out of six that. mana for uh, Kayla's reconstruction is good. Plenty I mean, seven deep is huge. I mean, that's the same. The it's Kayla's reconstruction. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's Dictor time. time. It's uh, it's very comparable to uh, Storm the Festival for the Nykthos decks. Yeah, I mean, you're looking yeah. so deep to find answers. Like to even find answers in a smaller number is huge. So, like, at the same, like I said, it's it's a great it's a great end piece. It's a great mid piece. You know, when like I said, Collective Company, Collective Company is your ambush card. Like you definitely are using that all the time for ambushing on end of turns or trying to outplay somebody or whatever it is but like kale's reconstruction though that is a beast of a card like i said it goes from mid to end that always is going to give you what you want especially if the curve is right which it is yeah yeah everything on here is three or less all creatures you're going to hit them yep and you have two portable holes so that counts as well and then your land breakdown of course you have besajus which you should run you got your white green lands like the uh modals uh, Brushland that got added, of course, has Nykthos, which, like, once again, another deck that's running Nykthos now because Mono Wipe yeah. is the main focus, which, there you go, Jay, thank you for saying how important Nykthos is. Yeah, it, it fills this, like, you're putting down Apparitions and Resplendent Angels and stuff, so that gets you... You're paying for you're paying for Resplendent Angels' ability? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're, you're just getting all the stuff that you want. Paying for that Kylo's Reconstruction for three mana, essentially, like, if you got yeah. the Devotion out, it's just like... Oh, I have oh. seven devotion now. Just boop. <laughs> so I mean, and it's just it's hitting it's hitting the marquee stuff. I, I think it's a good good place to be. And then sideboard wise, um, lot of ooh, shaper sanctuary. I didn't know that was in there. That's yep. I like that card. So you're drawing cards whenever your stuff gets targeted. Yeah, shaper shaper's sanctuary. Such a good card from Exelon. Yep. Rest in peace. Defiant, uh, deafening silence, Archon of America, Ameria. So there's some taxing pieces in here. Another yep. Redain as well. Brutal Carthar. Yep. So that this thing, is this is your O ring, not your O ring. This is your um. This is your banishing light banishing that can light. also nullify Hit. itself when it actually flips. Yeah. Because once it's gone, as as long as it's not Brutal Carthar anymore, like they don't get the card back. Yeah, and it's like you're not turning it into night a lot. You're casting a lot of spells on turns here. Yeah. With, with your stuff. But if you do though, on the off chance, it's pretty cool. And then of course. Yeah, this this deck itself is running a couple copies of a Johnny Sleeper Agent, the Foxy and Ajani. Love this. I love the fact that you can get to this stuff too. Jay, do you have any comments on a Johnny Sleeper Agent in Angels here? Not really, no. I played Angels here and there, it just wasn't my thing. Okay. Is it more like in your personal play preference, what makes it not your thing? Just like dropping the creatures, like Okay, but I'm more of a Rakdos mid range player. Okay. I've always been like a mid-range aggro player, so. I think the other thing for this ain't for a giant though being put in there is it's definitely probably something for a mirror match, just because uh, like to get to that. Uh, ultimate, yes. Uh, get the ultimate and the minus ability is really important. Very fair. Very fair on we, the mirror. Like we match. talked about the manifest. The manifest is a problem. The now the, the angels are a problem. The important thing, yeah, it's like with angels now coming up in popularity, you're going to be running into more mirror matches of that, and finding the mirror breaker is good, and a Johnny could very well. The mirror breaker. Then. I mean, simply just casting spells and putting two poison counter somebody. That's big. It's real big. And also, too, proliferate's coming back as well. Oh, dude, I love so proliferate. That also will help out a lot we're, for this. We're, we're getting hyped up for the end here. We're going to be talking about this deck that Jay was talking about that he's excited for, and I'm excited to hear more about. 
So uh, how about we talk about a couple a uh, couple other decks here? Maybe we'll touch on. You want to touch on some Abzan Greasefang there, Jay? The current build and what that looks like. Sure. Okay, so horse before cart again. This is going to. But I have, love the cart before the horse. That's great. No. <laughs> this is going to have Stitcher Supplier, Rafine's Informant. It's a two mana, two one. When it ETBs, you can hive. Uh, three Seder Wayfires, Greasefang, Okiba Boss, four of those. And a Pelucranos Unchained. This, I think, is a lot more current meta tech of yeah. why this is in here. And that's kind of like the flex slot that you're going to find. Just a have lot more. something to do. I mean, in the colors, I mean, that's such a great card inside the colors. Then you got Thoughtseize, Castaway, or Can't Stay Away. Yeah, Can't Stay Away. Can't Stay Away. Those damn cats. A Grizzly Salvage, Wither Bloom, Command. I like this card. And mm -hmm. C2 of in here is really cool. This has multiple different mo modes. Target player mills two mills three cards. Then you uh, return a land from your graveyard to your hand. So you, you can hit mm -hmm. another opponent, but you're going to be milling yourself a lot of the time with this. Uh, destroy target uh, non-creature, non-land, permanent with mana value two or less. That kind of stuff is really good. Useful. It hits a lot. Uh, then it gives creature neg three neg one till end of turn, or target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So it creates a reach. It creates an out. It's uh, your fifth and sixth version of Grizzly Salvage. Um, I mean, yeah, it just it gets where you want to go with it. There's two Eldritch Evolution. Here's the return of Eska's Chariot discussion. It's always there. It's <laughs> never going to go away. And in here in this deck, they got a single Sky Sovereign running in the uh, Grease Vein deck. There are four Parhelions, which is the combo with Grease Fang. You have a Parhelion at the graveyard, you cast Grease Fang, and on combat you return uh, Parhelion from the graveyard attacking and making angels, and you just make your opponent big sad. The thing goes to your hand afterwards. I know. Goddamn. <laughs> As for lands, you got Takanuma of importance here to be returning Grease Fang back if that dies somehow. Mana Confluence to really worry about the colors. In, uh, in Pioneer, the three-color decks do have a bit of a struggle, so having the ability to make sure to get your colors... Well, so the Fastlands, like too, are going to make a big difference for this as well. I mean, like, we're going we're gonna to see the greatness of the Fastlands, so... Yeah. So you got that. And then uh, Sideboard looks pretty straightforward. You got another Sky Sovereign. There's two Graveyard Trespassers. Unlicensed first, Tear Asunder. This oh, is a good card. This, this is, is a great card. This is one that I remember talking about with Garrett a lot, that... Uh, this is something that I can definitely see not only for standard, but pioneer being a powerful thing. Yeah. It's, it's a Varaska's contempt. Yeah. That hits that, anything no. then. Yeah. Which Varaska's is great. I mean, Varaska's if you don't, contempt just hits creatures, right? Uh, creatures and planeswalkers. And then they gain two life for that. Yeah. Or that, you gain something. This like can that. hit artifacts, enchantments. This, yeah. Well. This is hitting any, this hits, this is not your like, naturalized to all of a sudden take care of something. This is kind of one of those nice flex English things. Unmaking, or you're uh, not English on making. I mean, English on making, but utter end, utter right? end type stuff. It's a, uh, it's a better version. That's actually even a better version. If you really want to look at it, like compared to like blood chiefs, uh, ascension or blood chiefs thirst, the one that mm -hmm. came out of the Zendikar set from oh, last the, year with the kicker. Yeah. The kicker. So like it, it, it's better in that way because like, you know, like you said, you go from, even if you ran this as a main board card as like two of just for like, oh, I got problems to deal with artifacts and enchantments to worry about. Well, like, maybe I don't. It's a four-man removal spell that at instant speeds. And it, yeah, exile. So it means it breaks away, especially in like Parhelion. Yeah. It, it gets rid of it. It's like that Parhelion got put in there with a Stitcher Supplier. Gone. 
Yeah. So I mean, like this is a good card. This was this is one of those cards that I think is un, is a little underrated right now. I think is going to pick up speed over time, just because over. I mean, we're going to see it happen. So, um, but yeah, it has also like the two assassins trophies, two abrupt decays, your fatal pushes and duress. I mean, this deck. <clears throat> I don't know how this deck isn't higher in the ratings because like this thing has a lot of control aspects of your non like blue white control style type stuff to get there. I mean, is it just because, um, well, I can see from like the gruel side of it, like with the, you know, gruel battle cruiser deck, we're getting that a thing. Battle cruiser, battle cruiser. Um, I can see where like, that's a hard deck to fight because you know, you're, you're racing a clock on damage, but like you're, you know, hitting strings, this hits hidden strings in a lot of ways where it kind of slows down their ability to do stuff. With a lot of their different things, you also have that big turn swing with Grease Fang a lot of the time. It's it's yeah with Grease when you get the Grease Fang thing going down, it's you only got a couple turns before it's like I, I, I'm dead, I'm done. Yeah. So I mean, it's I think it's getting there for that stuff. I just kind of like I said, I wonder if this is maybe it just took a backlash a bit more on like popularity because like you know Rakdos is always going to be on top. It's a powerful deck that has one-for-one removal. It has a setup where it's always very consistent on its plays. I mean, things aren't really pulling off to the side too much and going, I can't compete anymore. Um, but was, just, it's kind of like I said, it's weird to see that this is a little bit higher right now. I was going to ask, I think Jay would, uh, I was going to see if Jay knew an answer to something like this. Is this, do you think uh, uh, Grease Fang decks feel the effect of being the top dog style deck uh, back in the past where this one was like, oh, now everybody's gunning to make sure that they have the sideboard removal for this because it can get out of hand if you don't come packing with your grease fang tech and that's what brought it down in metashare like it was a good deck right away so it's like now at 4.1 that it's at it's like is it just because everyone's like super prepared to be able, like they gotta focus on hitting the grease fang decks and that's why um i think it's just a i think it's just one of those things where like there's like certain deck there's like if you come if you show up to a tournament there's certain decks where you just know that you're gonna see a certain amount of or you know you're gonna see x y and z there so i have to become prepared for x y and z yeah just a little overplayed then so it's got a it's got a mark on its back understandably so it's a powerful fucking deck oh yeah it is yeah on on arena i have been smacked around by this a few too many times and it's like yeah yeah this this is a deck you gotta like keep an eye out and respect as soon as you see the stitcher supplier getting dropped turn one it's like okay i know how this game is going to be going yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true but not uh, solid do, do you want to talk about any other meta share deck here jay or should we jump into uh the next the next section here of where we're going to be talking about uh what we see pioneer wise how it's going to grow uh, incorporating the new frexia ob1 cards that part okay jay wants that now he's like i've waited long enough we talked the meta share we've talked these the 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 most important decks like let's do this okay so pioneer is at the point that it's at right now we got some new frexio ob1 leaks did i say the reason how that opened yeah i mentioned yeah we talked about the beginning it was they're pulled out of packs from the nominator stuff so just to give a little context to that that's where this conversation is going from but but realistically those aren't leaks yeah they're that is just official stuff that was there yeah uh, and whoever has those cards, they are lucky bastards. Yeah, Castle Gaming or whoever it was that opened oh, them up. I want those cards. They're there. 
So Jay, you want to you want to take the take us away here, lead off the the charge on how Pioneer is and how it's going to evolve with Frexia OV1 and stuff like that? Uh, oh, I definitely think Pioneer is going to be flipped on its head uh, when when all those was come out. Dude, there's so that much kinda, that's coming out. That kind of also leads to one of my other other questions someone submitted. Ooh, okay. Should we? But, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that one at the end. Okay. As I say, you want to get into the questions right now, then that kind of like tease this off. But okay, saving them to the end. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So, Frexia OLB one is going to get turned on its head, or Pioneer because of Frexia OLB one is going to get turned on its head here. And yes. we, we talked about it already. Those fast lands are going to be changing. A lot of these decks. Uh, Black, it's going to it's going to open up more. Yeah, Black Cleave K- Cliffs, Copperline Gorge, two ones that for sure are going to be seeing uh, a big amount of plays in, in Pioneer yes. with with Gruel Battleships and with just Rakdos whatever style decks, Shieldred decks, Sack decks, mid range decks. Like they're going to be seeing those, and that's yes. There's going to be more. You got some new interesting cards as well that i don't know is there going to be like new new archetypes that are going to get built with some of these cards that we have seen already like you want to talk plain um, some of these planeswalkers maybe or i think for now um well luca i can see possibly fitting in gruel um uh, Luca for those is two white Phyrexian complete mana, so red or green hybrid or complete. You'd pay two life and it loses two loyalty or green. And then it's five loyalty, enters with five loyalty or with three loyalty if you pay the complete cost. Plus one, add green, red, spend this mana to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Neg one, you make a three three Phyrexian beast with toxic one. Toxic one is whenever it deals combat damage, that player gets a poison counter as well. And then neg four, Luca deals X damage divided amongst uh, any number of target creatures or planeswalkers where X is the greatest power among creatures you control as you activate this ability, which is good when they have that little clause there because then it's like, oh, removal killed the biggest thing and then it's not as big of damage. So it's like just stamps it with your whatever amount of damage. So Luca, bond to ruin. Like, is it would, would this get played in those gruel style decks? Do you think, or would this like just bring out a whole different, a whole different creature based deck? It's like um, group loudspeaker two point Oh, that's interesting to think about. Yeah, I didn't even that didn't even, part even cross my mind of uh, Luca being loudspeaker two point oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I know yeah. some. I know some people were talking as soon as they saw Luca. They were like, "Oh, Bard class! Let's do some decks with Bard class now." Because then it, it essentially be a two mana three loyalty planeswalker if you pay yeah. the complete cost oh and stuff. There, that beautiful stuff right there. <laughs> two mana planeswalker babies. We know how that turns out. Maybe that'll. <laughs> yeah. So Luca there's a downside to casting it for two mana. Yeah. Uh, as for other completed, what do you think of that new Nahiri? The Nahiri, the Unforgiving. It is one blue, or one blue, one red white complete red white hybrid. So it would enter uh, with two less loyalty if you pay that complete cost. Plus one, till your next turn, up to one target creature attacks uh, a player each combat if able. Another plus one. Uh, discard a card draw a card and then zero this zero is pretty fucking ridiculous if you ask me 
because it is exile target creature or equipment card with mana value less than Nahiri's loyalty from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that token. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. I mean, I just, I just love it. Like this, this just opens a lot of silly things you could do, and I think it's a lot of fun. It does. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that card in particular. Yeah, with the equipments, like uh, of course, everyone's first thing that comes to he- uh, comes to mind is something like Embercleave. You get another copy of Embercleave that comes out. The, yes, you do, which is very disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's just like, oh, it's in the graveyard. Here's a way to now for me to get back. I mean, don't be wrong. You have to get pretty high ma- high loyalty on her for that to happen. But that's one. That's two activations. You cast if you don't pay, pay the complete mana. Turn four, up it. Discard your Embercleave. Next turn, you're returning it. Yeah, but you have to. You can only exile something with her mana value that's equal to her loyalty. Is an Embercleave like mana value less than? Oh, less than Nahiri's, so it can't be mm-hmm. equal to. Damn it! But oh, still, I missed that part. Yes, I missed it's it. okay my, though. My bad. That's okay though. It's still it's still a good thing though. I mean, like so. Let's see. There's, but I mean, reality though is like I would assume creatures are more of a thing that we'll look at more in a caring sense. Yeah, I mean, red white style prowessy decks like you got that's. Uh, favorite Hoplite style plus one counter style deck. I don't know if they're going to be looking for wanting a Planeswalker because that just shifts the dynamic of what that deck wants to be doing. It's like we want to be dropping low drop creatures all the time, pumping yeah. them up. And this hit. is more of a mid range. This is more your. Uh, this falls in lines with your Grease Fang style stuff, like comboy synergy type stuff. Um, that is interesting. I mean, you look and, at you look at that perspective, but like like I said, you have to have something with a detrimental type of effect. I mean, you could look at this in a Mardu sense, and like, uh, if you really want to, you could use its zero ability to exile one of your Phyrexian Obliterators. I mean, there you go. That's a way to really get ma- nasty with it. Oh, shit. You know, but I mean, like, it's just, you're going to look for something you can utilize. I mean, this can also be put into, its color, the color base of being Boros is really important, I think, because like, you can bleed yourself into very different colors that way. So, you know, Jeskai, you can go into your Mardu, you can go into your Ban- or your Naya colored stuff. Like, even if you use zero ability for a Mana Dork to help you get some more mana for a turn, or, you know, like if there's, I'm, I mean, for like standard and Pioneer equipment right now, I'm not really too well versed in that. But I mean, like, there's probably something out there that we could really utilize this for. Um, Yep, a lot of you reconfigure things as well as a big, big part of it that we could utilize. Yeah, that that crossed my mind of like reconfigured. It falls into both creature and equipment and stuff. So like, does something like Demon Blade Oni Lizard Blades? Uh, Lizard Blades. I mean, you you have things you could really use this for. It has its purpose. I mean, Cloudstone Karen. Yeah, I mean, you could do that too. Uh, but like, it's just a. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a it's a cool card. Like it's a really it's cool in the sense of it's different. I think to me, like the biggest ability on it that I really enjoy the most is the first one to like force your opponent to have to like essentially attack with a creature they didn't want to. Like you can force them to attack with their children as an example. Like they've been yeah. holding it back for a reason, right? You don't yeah. want it to die, and you got like the double blocks on it. To you kill got the it. double blocks to kill it, or you have a way just to kill it in general of uh, something else or you have a creature that's bigger that you don't care if it dies because then you can use her ability the second go around because now let's say your creature was five mana and you sacrificed the attack on shieldred coming at you well now you can just get it back for zero 
because you're going to exile from your graveyard. I mean, like that to me, I think is a huge piece for Nahiri is that forcing a creature to attack is important. I do want to point out as well something that crossed my mind. You got things like Banishing Slash that only exiles target tapped creature as well. Yep. So it or uh, something like Fell the Mighty, where it's like destroy target tapped creature. Yep. So things that, like that that forces them, or even you could play this alongside the original Wanderer Planeswalker card. Yo, so like you shit, force them yes. attack, and then you you know just play your Wanderer and exile it right away because then they get stumped. I mean, it's like it's just it. I like the dynamics it creates with it because. The, those are spaces on planeswalkers that I always have enjoyed the most, which are like, I don't care about a planeswalker sometimes as much as people do, where it's like the competitive sense of it needs to have an effective ability, has a way to defend itself, powerful ultimate. What I really have been seeing out of these new Phyrexian planeswalkers, the completed version ones, is I'm really enjoying that they're they're advancing into spaces that beyond the whole like completion part, like you look at the Ajani and you look at the Tamiya, like they're different things to help you do little bit more unique go arounds and like this is one that actually is a much needed thing inside of magic for more than just our formats that we enjoy playing of pioneer or modern stuff but like you look at your tabletop plays to your commander to your competitive level type stuff to i don't know as simple as like it's a great card inside of your uh, sealed and draft formats even because this helps also create that the stagnated senses of like safety during your matches against somebody it's like no you need to attack because I'm trying to kill you. I, I do want to highlight as well, it's a zero. You don't lose any loyalty on that last oh, bit. Yeah, so that's the like, best part t- too. Typically, something like that would be like neg X, return something of X, whatever the loyalty amount and is. And the other part is too, it's in red. So it's not that our discards in red. Nope. So if you want to discard stuff and just keep rolling and one turn go zero and say, hey, I'm going to do this. Awesome. So yeah, it makes a big difference. I think this makes this this is a card that I think might be I don't know if people are going to say it, this is a sleeper, but this is probably a sleeper in the sense of like mechanically wise, like people don't have that mentality right away of being like, "Oh, this is way better than I thought it was," you know? Yeah, talk- I mean, it's not breaking formats, but it's going to be something where it it'll be a key combo piece. Talking Mardu, it's like how how far would like a Rakdos deck be wanting to just like splash in white just for maybe like Nahiri at some point. I maybe mean, that's I, pushing it too far. That might be pushing like, it, but like, but you thought. could, but then once again, we have the fast ones coming back. So I, I mean, and what's Jay's opinion on this too, though, but like the Rakdos sack deck, I mean, if you had one of your pingers in the graveyard, why not get more pinging out all of a sudden? Yeah. Jay, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Yes. It is. Yes. He wants the cards. Pull back a Vildolan Epicure. Pull back a uh, blood tithe harvester. <laughs> yeah, you pull back anything. Enter the battlefield effects are really important too. There you go, ETBs. Once again, Nahiri, love the design of the card. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Also, glad it's Boros. Yes. Because we didn't have enough like uh, enemy colored stuff, which is kind of sad. I feel like talking about planeswalkers. We're gonna we're gonna lead into this next one that I, uh, that we talked about at the beginning that Jay is is excited for. So Jay, you want you want to take this one off here talk about Veraska betrayal sting oh Veraska, uh that card's great some people are down on the card but like so like what what, what me and another couple other people found was like new Veraska versus warren clex you can you can literally minus you can literally minus when she enters the board and just immediately kills the one with 18 poison counters it's so good yeah killing with infect i'm in i mean why not it's an out it's a win it's a way you get somewhere I don't know how people see this as a bad card, though. I mean, like, overall, like, 
it like who cares like you draw a card and you lose one life like originally when i first saw this my brain was just like thinking sarkhan the mad because i was like oh there's no plus oh, there's no plus and all of a sudden i'm like no 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 it has proliferate proliferate so i'm like never mind this is like 100 percent better than yep. sarkhan the mad i mean don't run uh, i'm not against sarkhan what the a lot mad of design. people i think need to realize is that i had, had one person mention to me that uh like this doesn't measure up to teferi and i was like i think we need to get out of that mindset because teferi's time and standard has come and gone definitely yes yes it is a very good planeswalker but we are in a completely different standard and a completely different type of card design now yeah and that's where we should be too like the 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 past the past of the past and that's why we have pioneer we have uh, modern, we have modern legacy and vintage. We like have those legacy cards, and vintage. Those yeah. cards go over there for a reason and find a new home. And there's also commanders. So like they find new homes. They're not lost children. They will have somewhere to live. It's okay. But like standard does need to have a different life source. And I think you're right. I, I agree with like and a different mindset. A very different mindset. Yes. And like I hands down, I would put this a way above Teferi and Standard any day of the week. I mean, we're not I that mean, cards put. I mean, Nebraska let's push. Oh, this is a very push card. Like, I'm just waiting to see what Jace is going to be about because, like, you know, they haven't released, they haven't had Jace come released yet for a reason. Like, he's going to be something. I well, feel, released, yeah, quote unquote, quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote. I mean, we've we've <laughs> seen it, but we can't really read all of it. So, yes. But I think that card itself is going to be really good in a sense of yeah. it's going to it, it's for standard especially. It's going to overturn standard in a, in a weird. Uh, space just like how this is creating a weird space for things like um i know a lot of people don't like infect a lot of people hate the poison counter concept inside of magic but the reality Mm -hmm. is like we need we need stuff that creates alternate win cons and so yes if you need to have your means of cards that um have a different version of creating this poison so that people can just lose the game fine that's Mm -hmm. that's that is what it is but like it's a vital piece though that is most important for the game itself to be where you don't have stalemated situations or you don't have games going to time. Like that's not where you want to be in a, in a professional sense. And you also don't want to be even be that in the sense of your local sealed and draft stuff. Like that is the worst feeling ever to go like two to three rounds straight where you draw out because you couldn't create a finisher in some way, even though you might have had some bomb rares and mythics in there. Yeah. This, this Baraska just creates a finisher. That alts. If a player has fewer than nine poison counters, they get a number of poison counters equal to that difference. Yeah, and that's where that that Jay's combo with Vorinclex is huge. No matter what, it's going to get them over that ten. They did. They going to die. They dead, son. Which is awesome. I love it. I think it's you can just phenomenal. you can just emerge an ultimatum and be like uh, Vorinclex, Varaska, and something else. Maybe omniscience. Yeah. Uh, maybe omniscience. So actually, so like um. If you do those three, you you're like stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, do I do I want to kill? Do I want my opponent to kill me, or do I want do I just want do I just want to cast free spells? <laughs> yeah, true. But even at that point too, you might even just have a Veraska and a Vorinclex in hand too, so they're gonna die no matter what. So I mean, like, and you're dead. Yeah, and you're dead either way. They're dead either way. Yeah. Oh, and you have one with the multiverse too. Yeah, I was just pulling this one up here. I like uh, as like an omniscience variant if you're unable to get your hand on one because. This is surprisingly cheap, being at three bucks. Yeah. Um, look at the top card of your library in time. You pay lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Once during each of your turns, you may cast a spell from your hand or the top of your library without paying its mana cost. So, I mean, that's kind of 
a little omnisciency esque there. It's and omniscient so, light. Yeah, omniscient light, and it's just kind of like cheap if you're if, on on the budget end. It, it's a card I like and I want to talk about. But with um, no, it's I like that though. I mean, I I agree with you guys. I agree with Vraska as being a very push card, a very did, powerful card. We haven't even like mentioned the neg two, which is like a bonkers good ability. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So neg two. Oh, you talking about the fact? You talking about the fact that it can uh make anything, make any creature a treasure token? Yeah. Neg two target creature becomes a treasure. Like we were so the thing that when I saw that first popped in my head, it's like, oh, that's kind of an Oko thing. There, it turns a it, it it makes a creature not a creature anymore. This cool thing that you're doing with Shieldred, not a cool thing you're doing with Shieldred anymore. I'm tired of your Shieldred. Get out of here. Yeah, and we we saw with we saw with Oko just being able to null a creature that has uh, an activated ability, that has a good static ability, that has an attack trigger or something like that. Just like nulling that out is really good and you can do this if you cast Vraska's betrayal sting for the full six you can do that three times even just casting it for the uh the five mana you can still do it at two least, times yeah at least twice at le- times. i mean at least twice yeah that's and that's important and i and I, I like that that it's just like it makes it makes a uh gold span dragon into nothing it makes sprite dragons bye-bye it makes it, it like you're perfectly fine with trading a creature like that's a path to exile path to exile on a creature am i wrong no nope. you're actually correct nope. it is a path to exile it's a cheaper path to exile that doesn't actually haunt you for the rest of the game even because it's one time for mana yeah so they, they don't get that fucking treasure forever it's just the one time use. It's like okay now i gotta like uh properly manage these resources that this one is going to be gone it's it's Giving them a lotus petal is way better than giving them a fucking basic land. So maybe, maybe, maybe there's some debate and discussion that a person can have on that is giving your opponent a basic land better than giving them a lotus petal. But that will be for yeah. a different podcast, possibly. I don't think that's a debate. I'm pretty sure that's an obvious answer. <laughs> it's the same, it goes back to the debate of like what's better, having your swords of plowshare or a path to exile. Swords is always a better choice. Give them the life. We don't care. That'll come away. That'll yeah. go away. Give them extra mana resources. Not a good thing. But yeah, like that's for the planeswalkers are really amazing. Um, even but even though like you look at the other planeswalkers too, though the the non completed planeswalkers, they're all pretty decent cards. Yeah, like especially that wanderer mm-hmm. one. The wanderer one's really good. Are you talking about the eternal wanderer? Yes, she Cut is. Gas. Oof, she is like especially for six mana. Yeah, for six mana, like who cares? That's nothing. That that stack ability of no more than one creature can attack. It, her that, like, yeah, that's pretty good crawl space put my crawl space on my planeswalker to Ta- protect it yeah talk yeah talking about a way to protect the planeswalker only one creature can attack at this turn so it's like oh that creature could just get stonewalled by insert whatever like anything your awesome spells or you can even stonewall with the one uh the the, the zero ability of making a two two samurai creature token with double, double strike double strike We'll get rid of Vigilance. We'll put on Double Strike. We found the answer. That the, is an answer. The unfortunate thing, it doesn't kill the Shieldred. But a four, a, a Who cares? X, X4s coming at the Wanderer are just going to be sad. Yeah. Um, the Eternal Wanderer. I like... Oh, her plus ability is really cool, too. And I, Her overall. like I just... This is a card that I really love. Like, this is... This is like a person's dream of like you're looking for some cool interaction with Enter the Battlefield effects. Um, I mean, her ultimate is just bananas. 
and she can do it right away when she enters, which is even better. Yeah, it's a two-sided, um, whatchamacallit, it's um, that time one, that's very, it's like... Oh, the time wipe? Yeah, time, it's like time wipe-esque, like that's the closest thing I can think of. But it's better though, because you, you're choosing. You're, you're choosing. Each player choose or no for each for player, each player choose, choose a, creature a creature that player controls so you make them each keep player their sacrifices one. all creatures they control not the chosen one this way you make them keep their vidolin or uh full daren epicure and they sack their shield <laughs> yeah or you make somebody it's, keep a, sacrifice. it's a sacrifice it's a sacrifice it's a sacrifice effect too it's not a destroy effect which is also nice that they're putting these in but no that's such a great but that's such a good power fo- powerhouse thing to have like and yes you're spending six mana but then again who cares and then they also gave her the uh, uh, ability of uh, blinking Venser. Yeah, they brought back the Venser Sojourner kind of ability where artifactor creature blinks and comes back at the end of the turn. Um, new Tyvar, I, I mean that's another one too. It's really powerful. Yeah, this new Tyvar, green black one three, so three loyalty it enters with a static. You may activate abilities of creatures you control as though they had haste. Elixir uh, elixir of uh, the artifact that came out of Lorwyn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, elixir, not uh, immortality. Uh, Eternity. Eternity elixir. Oh, I'll look it up. Elixir you just keep Eternity. talking. So, yeah, having something that has a tap ability or any kind of activated ability to have haste like that is important a lot of the time. Like that. Reflection of Kiki Jiki. Reflection of Kiki. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Jun style decks. Because the cool thing about this is, is you could do it twice because it's plus one is untap up to one target creature. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thousand, thousand years, thousand year elixir. Thousand year elixir. That is the one from Laura when originally it's been Commander's Place, no, like no other. But I mean, that's that's so good. Yeah. On a planeswalker. Yeah. This uh, so it's an egg two mill three cards, then return a creature card with mana value two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. So I know we're talking about pioneer and stuff, but like offshoot for modern do you think this card is going to see some jun play yes (laughs) Yes. i would hope it does i want to see people just shit their pants when this thing hits the field and goes that that's not liliana the veil that that's scary yes yes this is scary you're going to die well how if we're talking jund here real quick like what? What activated abilities does Jund have for their creatures? They just get like chonky things, like Regavans and Tarmogoyfs, or fucking... no? They 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 can branch into other things. You could so, so this Fable is the Mirror Breaker can be in the deck. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you can still breaker. use that. Still got Trust the me, it doesn't matter. How, how They'll we, figure out a way to break this into a new thing. How have we talked so far into Pioneer and not mentioned Fable of the Mirror Breaker yet? We had one mention of it. We talked about uh, a Seeker's Chariot making more tokens. That one time. Yes, we did. But yes, I know. Uh, I don't know, because Fable... Does Fable pop up in a lot of decks, Jay? I'm, I'm just asking. Uh, if, you're, if you're playing red, you probably should be playing it. You should Exactly. You should be playing it. But it's not like... it, it Because we looked at some of the, the Rakdos mid-range decks and stuff, and I didn't see it in there, so that's why I was wondering. Or maybe just the one that we looked at didn't have it. For which oh, one? No, they, this, this one they did. This yep. one they did. Yeah, back to that goldfish page. The Rakdos midrange top seventeen point nine percent meta does have it in there. The let's see, let's see if five colors of invention has it. In it well, there. it should have it in there. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. Yep. There we go. Somewhere in this giant list of cards. And then yeah, red decks just got to be having. Is it? Is it Phoenix totally has? It well, yeah, because it discards so. Or no? Does it? No? 
No, it at doesn't. Least, at least this is a Phoenix Dex. Yeah, this is a Phoenix. Doesn't, but I would be surprised why. Well, but they have a lot of. But is a Phoenix is more about cheap interaction because you got to play so many spells to bring them back. Are like Phoenix, and you have enough of your draw and discard effects there for that reason. Because isn't 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 uh, the Arclight Phoenix based off of spells? No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you don't you don't want that in the deck. But I mean, Gruel mid range though. How does that not have it in there? Yeah, just making a copy of your Skyship. I think or Sky Sovereign. Yeah. I think maybe that's a thing that some decks have seen iterations tried. of. Yes. Maybe it's a fight between what you're doing stuff with that. But yeah, I mean, 100%. You, you it, should be. A, it gives you a 2-2 that can crew for two. Well, yeah, it does. Yeah. It gives you a card. It lets you draw and filter it. And then it gives you a copy of your uh, Other reckless, stuff. Storm, your reckless Storm Seeker. <laughs> yeah, you can make a copy of Reckless Storm Seeker. It also is a 2-2 in itself, so it helps you crew. Yeah. You know, it creates four mana to crew the Secret Chariot, so you can leave your cat tokens up. But uh, Planeswalkers from Frexio will be one. Roping up back into that. that Rope it back in. So Tyvar, cool. Kaya, let's go to Kaya. We got to get through Seven this mana. Seven, it is seven mana, but it has too all expensive. these. Of, it's too expensive for Pioneer, but standard, yes. Definitely standard playable. So black, black, white, white, three, six, loyalty, hexproof. Static. It has yeah. hexproof. Yeah. Each uh, plus two. Each opponent loses three life. You gain three life. Zero. You draw two cards. Then each opponent may scry one. <laughs> like, That's funny. Like what? I just like the lightning helix ability on the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, neg three. Exile target creature enchantment. If it wasn't an aura, create a token that's a copy of that, except it's a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying in addition to its other types. Yeah, that's kind of a cool one. I like that a lot. So it's like, how often are you looking seven mana to exile? Uh, let's keep on the Fable of the Mirror Breaker on the Reflection of Kiki Jiki. Like, you're paying seven mana. Are you at a point where you're like, I need to exile that, and I get a copy of that Kiki Jiki now? I mean, you could. Here, here's a token. Here's I another mean, token that you can make with an Eskis Chariot. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's just this This card alone is just, it's clearly been heavily pushed into a control format, just like the Wanderer is. Oh, that's a good point. We haven't, like, the Esper style decks, like Rafine, uh, Rafine Esper decks, oh, those, yeah. are, those are in Pioneer in the lower percentages, but you see them around. But they're not as popular, though, which is kind of no. strange, because, like, Rafine's pretty powerful. It's a powerful fucking card. So does Kaya look to go into those Rafine decks? Jay, you want to give some insight? Do you have any insight on those Rafine scheming seer decks? It doesn't. It's too much. You come up for standard? Uh, well, even for Pioneer. Pioneer. For more Pioneer. Like no, it's, it's too much mana. It's just too much mana? It is. Okay. Well, what about in general seven, for Rafine, though? Seven... Too? seven uh, Rafine, 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 Rafine is fine. Um, Kaya, however, going into that uh, Rafine as for Grease Rain deck is too much mana. Yeah, it is a lot. Seven well, I mean, is a lot. There's no point to exile something. I mean, it's great for grabbing if you want to do that, but I don't know. I would say this is more for like your Esper control or Zorius control kind of offshoot build. Yeah, this is just like something just a. It's a strong finisher because you can just sit there and just plus the whole time to kill somebody. Yes, and get them there. So. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what other. Jay, are there any card, any other cards in here that you're intrigued about? You want to talk? Not at the moment. I'm still waiting for the rest of, waiting for more to set to drop to get a little bit more hype for it. Okay. 
uh, I, I want to bring up one card for sure. Maybe two. Maybe two cards for sure to talk about. First up is this Green Sun's Twilight. Did you see this card? Okay. Yeah. This Green Sun's Twilight is going to be a game changer. That, uh, <laughs> that mono green devotion deck mm-hmm. is going to have a piece of fucking... Mm, it's going in there so green x reveal the top x cards plus one of your library choose a creature card and or land from among them put them into your hand and the rest at the bottom of your library in a random order if x is five or more instead put the chosen cards onto the battlefield or into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order a very strong genesis wave of choice so it's like it's, it's fine it won't replace um storm the festival no, because that's the thing that I was thinking is like this is comparable to the Storm of the Festival. It gets you two permanents. It can dig you a little deeper. I think this is more of a like Storm the Festival, like possibly because how much they, they run four copies Storm the Festival in that deck, right? Most of them. Yes. Do, yeah. I think this will this will probably cut down on Storm the Festival to a three count, just because Storm the Festival only gets you five or less. Five or less. It has flashback though, which is I'm saying it's why it goes to a three count because Storm the Festival is six cards in itself. If you do three of them, right? So then this could put you at four, five, and six as a different out, because this can give you whatever you're picking. Would this be that in uh, like when I was talking about the Kyla, uh, Kyla's reconfiguration would, with yeah. the? Uh, I would say this is, company, is that kind of the is that kind of the the path that Green Sun's Twilight would go down for? I think I think this is where that would sit. This would definitely create that uh, that room to what you want to do. But then it also because the bigger thing is like you hit. You hit the things that you're looking for with that X, and like you don't have to have a restriction on it. So like, if you do five or more, which you can create the mana for it, right? You could put down a lot of stuff. You get a lot of options. You can hit your cat. Well, I mean, already, it's all it's it's because it's creatures. What, what, what bigger what's things? The, the, creatures and lands. Creatures and lands. Well, that wow. hits permanence. So you can hit you can hit a you can hit a Karn. This misses Karn. I know. And Karn's a big thing for the devotion decks. Um, and everything in the mono green devotion deck, like is not the, the highest cost one is Cavalier thorns and storm. The festival does hit that. Yeah. But this, but then Maybe. again too, though, this could also replace your Nykthos. You can get another Nykthos and then you could re- do another wheel spin of something else. Yeah. So it is I don't know. It's festival. just, I hmm. no storm. The festival can't grab you. Nykthos storm. The festival hits lands. Does it hit lands? It does hit lands. Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, so I, I think, thought it was a non. I think maybe. Thing. I think maybe we're just like maybe this is just five and six. Then maybe yeah, this is just five. Yeah, I don't if know. That. Green Sun's Twilight. It looked like a cool card. It, talking about it more, it's like oh, in the Devotion decks. <laughs> it's still a good card. It's though. yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Still a good card. Um, I think that's what we'll leave on for the. Uh, the the Frexia OB ones. So how about? We now do the questions that we have from our listeners. Oh, I had one yeah. question for Jay about the new stuff coming out, though. Oh, um, sure. So my question is actually uh, going back to the ideas like we talked about for outs with poison and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel uh, similar to what modern experience from the Scars of Mirrodin block coming out and having Infect in it with this new toxic stuff as well as uh, clearly, we're starting to see cards that are not driven by the mechanic of Toxic. Do you mm-hmm. see that there will be a strong enough uh, poison-based deck in Pioneer popping up and like possibly even reaching like top five deck lists at all? 
I mean, I know it's I know it's hard to to judge that and say that right away off the bat, but I mean, like from what we're seeing, because like as you like we talk about, like a lot of these cards they're bringing, there are definitely ways to boost uh, poison counters and poison stuff in general. Because we also have uh, what's his name that came out of Keldheim, the guy mm-hmm. that for Death Touch, you know? Oh, Finn the Fane Bear. Yeah. So like, do you think that's something that people should have their radar on a little bit? Ask me again, and like. <laughs> Ask me again when the set comes out, and I'll give you a definite answer. Fine. We'll go with that then. Wait till the set comes out for your answer from Jay. Yes. I mean, this guarantees that Jay is coming back. You're stuck with us, bud. I'm sorry. He's going to have to talk about Pioneer again with us after the set comes out. So we'll have to do <laughs> do a check-in after a month or two of the set being out in New new World. Okay. Yes. So, so are you ready for these questions? Sure. I just got, I got one while, uh, while we were chatting, so... Yeah, I was just looking that um, someone on your. I, I looked at your Twitter first. I was going to pull from from your your listeners, your uh, followers. Uh, sure. So, so if you want to pull that question up here real quick, because I can't see, it looks like they DM'd you. Uh no, I DM them because I had a question. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So the question is, uh, they asked me uh, with with Dark Confidant rumored to be in, coming into standard. And to this pioneer, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, I did not hear that. What? Uh, I didn't hear about that either. I was going to say I haven't heard nothing about Dark Confidant getting Bob. That'd be interesting. Listen, I, listen, I know a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jay knows fucking people. We need to know more people, Matt. We need more people to know. We got Jay. We need more like Jay. Just insider trading all the time. Hold on, don't say that. Out loud. Uh, don't I'm say just that. Kidding. We're gonna get in trouble. We don't need that. I'm not talking <laughs> about that. So so yeah, Jay. If uh if yeah. if Bob came to standard in then into Pioneer, like what's what's thoughts on something like that? Um that'd be pretty dope actually. Uh but it's also like a shock and push format right now. Well keep a nice control I mean, over him then. You got Bone Crusher still that's around like you still that. got Bone Crusher Giant. Yeah, it, it it it's the card that just closes everything for like little little weaker guys to chill around and stuff. Rakdos decks yeah. running him, uh, Gruel the Gruel Stompy decks running it as well. So I think the fire I think those fires decks was running it as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also at the same time, like Rakdos have Rakdos mid range having access to Bob is really really good. Yeah, that does give a push to them. It they. I mean, they had well. They just, have more. They have more action going on. Yeah. Well, would Bob? What would Bob do? You think to the count of Fable though? Yeah. Would there be what, toast I mean, on there? I mean, I don't think Fable's out, but like, do you think Fable gets no. pushed off a little bit and maybe down to a smaller number? Or is no. like, or is like Fable just too strong to even like at that point be even considering something like Bob? Because you're keeping the four Fables. Fable, like Fable, Fable's the Google deck. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. Three mana do. Um, <laughs> They have to do everything. I think uh I think that might be that might be uh Misery Shadow actually. Misery Shadow is where it get filled in there? Uh, possibly. Mm. I do like that because Misery Shadow is like pretty good like sideboard tech is probably where it would be at. Uh yes. more beneficial. That's where it would be more beneficial is sideboard tech. So you can swap out the bobs for the misery shadows yeah, at that point. Definitely do a flip so, around for those. Okay. So yes. okay, yeah, I think Bob, I think Bob would fit fine. I think Bob also too, in the standard realm would be fine. It's not, it's not over. I mean, they gave us Liliana and Phyrexian, Obliterator. Yeah. I mean, like clearly 
these cards can come back. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like we'll have something else coming around here sooner or later, too. Hopefully not in black. The uh, <laughs> Since we keep having that trend of good cards being reprinted, they're always black cards so far. Hey, man. I'm fine with this. Nomad is fun. He's a black mage at heart for sure. Well, so. I, I get that, but I'm saying like for other people that want to play some cool Fair. stuff, like there's always the argument for red players are wanting lightning bolt back, you know, but uh, we don't need that. No, we don't need that. I'm just saying that is an argument people have though. They're going to sit for, there. There are several reasons we do not need that. It's true. This hey, it doesn't kill children. <laughs> yeah, it's not that, that cool. It doesn't kill children. <laughs> That's the, that's the argument point of why it it can be. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Is it Phoenix with Bolt? Oof! We saw it in we saw it in Pine, or in Modern, and yeah, stuff, and it was really good. It's nice. Yeah, I'm gonna bolt you three times. I'm gonna bring back uh, two three, or three of my art like, two and I'm three gonna swing for like nine. Kill you. Yeah, the damage displayed. Yeah, no. Definitely don't need it. I'm just saying, like, there's arguments though for cards, but I think I think Bob's a good place. I think that's a good. It's a safe card. It doesn't overpower. It does. It has a lot of downside in the slower format. So, and this, yes, this not, you won't see that in Parhelion, or you won't see that in Grease Fang. <laughs> no, you won't. See no, that in Fang. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a crazy man. Hey, man. Some people like to live dangerously, like the Okiba boss. You see how fast he's going on that <sighs> motorcycle? He drives fast, real fast. So, keeping in the vein of that question here, we have someone on our Twitter at Just Hercules asked for you, Jay. Should old modern staples be printed into Pioneer so that the format could start becoming a fetchland less power, uh, lower powered modern, or stay at a, a stronger standard? They have to be very careful about what they print, what they put into Pioneer. And this kind of like falls with that Bob discussion that we just had there. So, like, yes. what when it comes to cards of being careful what they print, pr- printing Liliana. Uh, of the veil into standard like that was a big move that's like oh this is gonna like warp so much shit and so far it was like it it ran its course within like two weeks from decks where they're like oh here we're just playing four of lilies in this style deck if if anyone knows the history um they've been trying to put liliana in the standard for quite some time have they really yeah yes oh wow um it started right back around like daryl's i want to say Okay. Uh, or one of the course that's around then. But at the time, Mono Black Devotion was so big that they couldn't do it because at that time, we had Mono Black Devotion. It'll, it'll literally have been turn one Thoughtseize, turn two Packrat, uh, turn three Liliana. Yeah. Beautiful Packrat. Old Packy. I love Packrat. Yeah, yeah, we can't you we can't have that. <laughs> oh, it's coming. We're getting there. Mono Black Devotion will be a thing with Frexio. Hey, I got, the, I, got the, I got the list. I got I it know. down. We're going to start a brewing. <laughs> We're brewing a lot of things now. So uh, I guess I have a a specific question for you that kind of falls into this, Jay. Um, I saw a tweet a while ago that was talking about reprinting cards and it's just uh, of certain modern power cards into Pioneer and how the Pioneer format would handle. So the two cards that were mentioned were uh, Cryptic Command Mm -hmm. and Remand. Uh, We kind of mentioned Remand earlier. So I was just wondering if you wanted to like extrapolate a little more on your thoughts of Cryptic Command in Pioneer or Remand in Pioneer on if their power level is too much, too low, just right. Mm, I have to see what Cryptic does because it's been a while. But Remand, I can see Remand before Cryptic. Remand before Cryptic? Uh, Yeah. Let, let Let me pull up Cryptic. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to say non-cryptic for now. Okay. D- I could be wrong. Wait, does Pi- Pioneer still has Mystic Sanctuary, right? Like, that's not banned. 
Um, here I'll pull up the ban list here. Quick. Okay, I, I got that. It's not banned. It is not banned. Yeah. So you can nope. get cryptic locks. Then you you could. It'll be a little harder though. It would be. You don't have the fetch lands. Yep. To to be able to do it. So so just a reiteration. So we remember because we don't play Pioneer that much. Not for Jay and our listeners. Our ban list includes Balistrad Spy, all the fetch lands. I'm not gonna say those. Expressive Iteration, Feldar Guardian, Field of the Dead, Inverter of Truth, Kethys, Leyline of Abundance, Luris, Nexus of Fate, Oko, Once Upon a Time, Smuggler's Copter, Teferi Time Raveler, Undercity Informer, Underworld Breach, Euro, Veil of Summer, Walking Ballista, Wilderness Reclamation, Winota, and there you go. I forgot about Wilderness Reclamation. That's a fucking card, man. <laughs> no, that's why it's gone Pioneer. It's a good card. It can't find a home it anywhere else but Commander. Itself. It does pay for itself. It's like, oh, cool, free enchantment. Let's start doing this shit. So, but no, I, um, I would. I don't know. I'm not. I won't say my point on cryptic command. I don't think I have a reason to really say it for Pioneer yet. I think it could be put in Pioneer, but not yet. Not yet. Why? I think it definitely has a place though, just because it's it's a hard cast card. Like you are, some, yes. you are, you're putting a lot into it. I think, I think based off of your your mana field of lands that you have for your usage, it would be a very fair set card for control decks to have to be forced into deciding not to go too heavy into other colors. Um, Cause even with all this fa- fast lands and stuff and like, you have shock lands without fetch lands, you don't have the ability to be so willy nilly on what you want to do and yeah. like curve yourself properly. So like it is three blue pips still, you need the three blue pips. I think it's really, it's something there. I think it also, I would agree with Jay in the sense like it's not there yet. I wouldn't be surprised though down the down the pipe someday within this year towards the end or I would say even the next year that we would see Cryptic Command roll through a standard somehow. Yeah. And that would be like th- this goes back to the point of Pioneer needing a very solid cheap counterspell that's not like uh, a tax counterspell like yeah. Make Disappear or Quench. Uh, I mean you still have Mystical Disputes there's a dispute, but that's that's still that's, in the realm. Man, of like it's it's a man, one. Mana leak will be fine, actually. Man, oh, mana leak. Mana leak would be great for that. I think I think mana leak would be really well suited in this because I, I think mana leak and uh, make disappear are kind of like two solid spots to be at versus um, what's sensor. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't think sensor's bad. I don't think it's a bad card at all. But I feel yeah. like it's not as strong. It's a necessary evil right now. Yeah, it's a necessary evil. Um, but I feel like if you if we would put like mana leak into the format, like it does, I think this would definitely help the format in the sense of uh, finding its own basis between your one mana spells. Because you also have to remember too, like um, you know, you have also an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, which is a very dangerous card to play with. But at the same time, like if you build into different design space like that card goes in two ways like I w- i've actually sat there for like a modern deck trying to figure out how to make that really good because if you think about it you could just counter your own stuff and have like yeah. a blue ritual yeah just counter your tormod script but that's two cards for two mana it is and it's just fine in the right no, balance two cards for one mana because an off can't refuse is one blue yeah but if you're ramping i guess if it, it, it's more of a ramp than a ritual but if so if you're ritualing it gives you two listen it's blues form a ritual just get over it okay okay it's two treasure tokens man in the vein of counter spells i do want to just r- point out there we do acknowledge the fact that spell pierce is here and it is still a house of oh cards. never will i ever say yeah. spell pierce is not good that spell thing pierce. is 
a dominant force. It's a good, it's a great card. It'll I'm so always glad be. it's there. So when we're saying like cheap counter spells, just more of like the hard counter to be able to just not like just to shut something down. You like got between you got, creature planeswalkers, whatever. We you want to cover all your bases with this counter spell. You got negate. Negate is a great card as well too. Like I but still run creature. I still run negates and uh, spell pierces and stuff. And like where where I draw the line, I'm a blue black player. So it's like I'm fine with having negates and stuff because oh, yeah. I got creature removal then that like exactly. counters the creature. But then you're upset at the fact that it's like oh now they got their etb creature and also for people shit. that aren't also people that aren't playing black either so i mean like you want your blue greens your blue reds like they, people have to have the options too so i mean another color format style so yeah and, uh, but like blue white blue black i mean they have their stuff they're yeah. safe we have another question here on the Discord from Casey asking, what cards, if any, Jay, would you have banned in Pioneer? Please not Fable. Ha. Karn. Karn. I'd say Fable. <laughs> Just to fuck with Casey? No, in a seriousness of it. Like, oh. Fable is Fable's really good. Like, just think about all the stuff that you could down the, down the road do with Fable. It gets out. It does. I mean, here's, here's the other part, too, is like, on a side side street with modern, like Fable is also creeping up in modern to be one of the highest played cards as well, just like it is a pioneer. So, one thing that that makes me think about is and standard. Remember yeah. too, minus all the black cards, Fable is the only red card in like a top nine that they did back in the fall of like nine cards in standard at the point in time that were like the most played. And Fable was one of them as a red card. I'm like, so there you go. That is just a Fable is just a really good card. So that's my my thing would be like it should be considered. Okay. Not that it has to be, but it should be considered. But Karn probably is one that should. Is this a bad uh, simile of comparing Fable or like not simile? What, what is it? What is it like to look at Fable of the Mirror Breaker through the lens of Faithless Looting? Like, are they close to be looking through the same lens there of what power they do, what ability they reach? Because, like, I, 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 don't know. I would, I would say you're not. I would say it's a yes and no in that sense. More in the no section of the similarity of like the power they create. Um, they're very one gives you a two two token that can create treasure tokens. Well, it gives you two two token that creates treasure tokens, but also after a third point, it does become a creature itself too, and yeah. has its viability for copy abilities or even just it's a two two. Because um, like you can have scenarios with fable. And this is why I would say Fable is a lot scarier of a card that maybe should be considered to be banned because I've seen it happen even against me at one of the um, RCQs I played in against Wade where he did it where he had two because they're not legendary in the back. They're not. That's the biggest thing to remember about these sagas that flip into creatures. None of them are legendary. So you can have more than one in play, which means if you have enough mana from the treasure tokens or mana in general, you can make copies of itself and kill someone. Yeah, you can make copies of the other ones so that you can make an army of two twos for killing them on the next turn because you do it at the end of their end of your opponent's turn and they don't get exiled to the end of your turn then. So I would say in a comparison of yes and no. Yes, in the sense of the power it drives from the, the filtering of cards. That's really important in playing. Like you want to draw and then throw away what you don't need, because you can build off of that for your power for that. But no in the sense of like this card, yes, is three mana, and you only get a one time shot of that draw discard situation. But 
you get so much more out of it. It's like it's like this is where um in a sense of like looking back at card design and stuff that was talked about by wizards a lot with designing cards is this is the closest we are for an example of what planeswalkers were supposed to be like at the very beginning the saga design is actually something that was originally what planeswalkers were thought to be until they decided to change it to what we know them as so you're you have so much power you have a lot of push you have things that are happening with the with this card so i I wouldn't say it's as comparable. I would say you're almost safer in the way that Pioneer is right now with the meta and how it's designed that you probably could get away with reprinting Faithful Lo- Faithless Looting and taking out Fable. But then again, if we have a lot of cards that show up for reanimator stuff, then it changes again too. But reprinting I, I, Faithless Looting is dangerous when we have Arclight in the format. It is, but that's only one deck, though. Arclight was one of the reasons why I got banned in fucking... Uh, yeah. That was just and a, now we have a small, small reason why it got banned. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things going on There's the also Hogak. I, I, I Let's can, remember who the can, big villain was. I can was. remember the giant in the room, yes. Hogak led, led down a giant train of give you no more fucks, and you're going to take away stuff from people. Which we need more of. We need more of that train coming through and taking stuff away. But no, I agree. Yes, it is something for art like art like arc light phoenix decks to be a problem. But then again, you look at the meta base on arc like phoenix and the percentages. That's not even the highest played deck though. Yet, if you had a card like that, could you make a downgraded version of faithless looting though? I think we do. We have faithless salvage in. Modern, at least, and that's the yep. rebound version. I know, but like, what about for Pioneer, though? Would you have a Faithless Salvage in Pioneer? I think I would. Okay. Give it rebound instead. I mean, I think that's a lot better. It also puts in a situation of like, if you don't want to get rid of your cards, you don't have the option then to be like, well, I'll just use it later because once you say no to that, the rebound just puts it in the graveyard and it's well, done. You already have a couple cards that do that where it's like, it does it in reverse where you discard cards to draw to, so it's not as good. How many red cards where it's like draw then discard? Loot. I mean, you have throw so. you have throw possibility. You have Carthetic reunion. Oh, yeah. You have tormenting voice, but those are those are just filtration. Yeah, cards, and you have to. And the problem is you have to get rid of a card first, so they're not as advantageous as faithless is because faithless is just draw and then discard two. Draw two, discard two. I mean, like that's a little bit better. We got Casey asking another question for you here, Jay, in the Discord. What old decks would you like to see a resurgence in in Pioneer? What card? Uh, so, what cards do you think that they are missing? Uh, he also goes on to say that I play at Docs with a guy who has a six Soul Flailer deck that uses some <laughs> cards from the new Capenna and Ixalan to give uh, Flailer, Flailer some great keywords on Soul turn Flailer. three. That's yeah. a good card. So, yeah. Goofy what card. old decks would you like to have a resurgence in Pioneer, and what do they need? I would like to see Jund. I mean, <laughs> Jund. We got we got Liliana. Got Tyvar coming. We got Bo- yeah, Bob. Bob's possibility here in the near future. W- what's a blood braid elf look like in Pioneer? I don't know. That's a very good question. That's Cascade, and I feel like Wizards has gone uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty clear on their Cascade kind of. They're like no, they're 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 leaving it's that up there, in the past. It's up there with Storm. It's not going to be a thing. Yeah, they're leaving there. that in the past. So what do they got to do to have a, a blood braid two kind of a thing? Nah, that's a good question. Um, and this is just going for like 
you know, like I'm thinking uh, Boomer Jund in my head, not like uh, old school Jund. Yeah, not like Saga Jund that was around for a bit. So what's what's the Tarmogoyf in Pioneer then? What's the Tarmogoyf in Pioneer? Yeah, what's, what, what's there is that? one. I don't know. Is that that Lur- it, the Lurgoyf thing that came out in Dom? Yeah, Dom it, it was a functional reprint. Yeah, and it has kicker. But you gotta, okay. have, you gotta have you gotta have blue for it's, that because it's well sometime. no you don't have to you don't have you can just to do one side get, black but if you want if you want double mill off of it you then have to have blue but I mean still though like four mana to play it that's not that bad mill three cards I mean you already have stuff like grizzly salvage and other things that could easily reinforce that other cards that throw possibility once again more cards that help put stuff in your graveyard Seder wayfinder if you want to go that route yeah I mean. If you want less randomness, you know, you just choose, pick and choose. But I mean, it's it's there. I would agree with that. Is probably being the Tarmogoy for Pioneer. I think you could reprint Tarmogoy for Pioneer though too, because it doesn't have trample or anything. It's just a big old beater. Jay, what's your thought on Tarmogoy? <laughs> going it's back, possible. going back to that just Hercules questions of old modern staples getting. I would into say Pioneer. okay, so I I would say it's very easy to put in Pioneer compared to Faithless Looting. Or even Cryptic Command, just based on the fact that we have Fatal Push, we have Blood Chief's Thirst, we have Portable Hole. Like, there are tons of one-mana spells that deal with a Tarmogoyf that has nothing to do with its power and toughness right away. I can see it. So I think that is a card that's much safer to put in. Besides, it just makes a big beater. And once again, we were talking about Unlicensed Hearse being a big beater that people need to deal with. So, I mean, like, what difference does it make at that point? Fair point. Very fair point. Now, and then just we imagine could, your Tarmogoyf, your 2-3 uh, Goyf driving that hearse hey man beep beep coming for your death he likes to show up in fashion what can you say <laughs> he's coming for your graveyards boys um yeah i don't know uh what what are the questions we got here those, those are the questions that we have that was it mm-hmm. that was it that was all the questions very solid questions from everybody though i do agree those mm-hmm. were the questions they they let down great discussion trains and their discussion trees and it's good to to pick Jay's brain, and like this kind of these kind of questions flex everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're becoming more uh, acquainted with the format. Learning that cryptic command probably not as likely as a remand, but we all agree Tarmogoyf should be in Pioneer with remand. <laughs> with remand, I think remand's a very much likely needed card for Pioneer. It's a bridge gap, okay? Manalik and remand. Make it happen. Dude, yeah. Jay, you mentioning Manalik, that one completely crossed my mind. That, or not, that completely did not cross my mind of being a modern power card coming to Pioneer as like a good counter spell. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes. Why? I thought about it, but I didn't want to say it because I was, we already have Make Disappear. Yeah. I know. And like I said, we have, I know it's not as good, but I mean, Make Disappear, though, still has implications where it goes from being a two mana counter spell for two uh, payoff or it's two mana counter spell for you sack a creature and then you get you have to pay four yeah it, it, it's a tempo stepper um, but I think I think Jay's right though I think mana leak would be one that would fit really well and that might be something that would push sensor out just because yeah sensor feels like it's just kind of like <clears throat> hanging on by the skin of its teeth as kind of a card the only thing that really makes it uh, very very valuable is it has cycle. blue the blue cycle blue cycles like important. you got jawari disruption which does what sensor does but it's an mdfc so you get a land off of it if and you it's don't like want to use it yeah and it's just like trying to figure out the the balance the counts for whatever decks that are looking for those counters between sensor and jawari because you see them in the deck probably about the same rate yeah 
but I don't think there's like a full consensus. I think the full consensus is sensor is better than Jawari just because the card draw is better than getting a land later on. I think so, yeah. Uh, so uh, b- before we go, Jay, what are what are the decks that you are playing? Uh, right now I'm playing Black Red Midrange until uh, all of the one comes out. And when it comes out, are you looking to do something else? Are you going to be are you going to be doing more of the brewing aspect of it? Or I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Okay, I'm definitely looking forward to your your results, your decisions that you come with when one comes out. And the final the final thing that we have here for the Pioneer things is uh, what what is the button, the little bow you want to tie on to Pioneer as a format itself, Jay? It's fun and people should go out and play it. <laughs> Simple and easy. That's the way it should be. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I it's fucking a, love Pioneer. It's a oh, brewer's wow. paradise. Get out there. Yes. But before we get too far off of this, I feel I got to ask you, uh, Jay, have you heard about uh, Tandy's new format that uh he created called new school which is just yes well do you want do you have any thoughts on that real quick it's some it's something i'm keeping my eye on okay i know i've played it and i've enjoyed it uh like just the thought of a churning standard that's a little has a little deeper card pool is cool but not to the point where pioneers like can only go so far back even though pioneer as we just said very vast on the brewing possibilities that you have. Like you have cards that you just don't see play a lot of still. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just kind of flexing the, the standard there. So I just wanted to see if uh, you had, had words, if you've played or stuff like that. So I have yet to play, but I, it's something I am, I am a part of the discord. So I am definitely keeping my eye on it. Eye on it. Beautiful. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. I enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. Dude, this was this is great, and uh, if you if you a little if you stick around, we're going to talk about what we're planning for going in the future. Because I know you're interested. Uh, we were gonna. I said we we're going to talk about that afterwards. So uh, we'll do that here in a bit. As soon as we do this uh, close here. Yes. So uh, thank you, Magic Folk, for listening to this special bonus episode of Pioneer Talk with Jay. We enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow Jay for all of his awesome drip, and make sure to stick tuned. To, to see what he's going to be talking about after Phyrexia all will be one because I guarantee you we're going to get him back on to talk about that oh he'll be back we have some things to talk about <laughs> and so uh, with that magic folk we will catch you next time bye Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much!